This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we have a listener-sponsored review of Jean-Claude Van Damme's 1993 action flick, Hard Target, plus reactions to the new Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer, Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine, the Blade movie losing its director, Marvel looking to recast General Ross with a big name, she-Hulk, Andor, House of the Dragon, Rings of Power. There's so much to watch. We talk about all of it, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 3rd, 2022. This is Frank Grillo. You know me. But who are you? Are you the discerning, sophisticated type of person who enjoys all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news? Pop culture references, witty banter? Me neither. I'm just here for the dick jokes. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Yeah, listener, that's right. You heard it. You're here. You made it. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Chance Boudreaux. <laughs> the Chance. Oh, Chance, you come to visit me. Chance Boudreaux. Chance Boudreaux. He's the, jo- he's the Cajun Jock. Actually, that works. I can't really you, do a good you're shocked. Can't do occasion fucking French accent, you bastards. <laughs> I'll say he's the Jacques, and you can say he's the Mird. He's a Lenard. He's a Lenard. <laughs> All right, that's like more French. <laughs> it is. That's French Cajun. No, uh, Cajun's its own thing. Speaking of of all of Cajuns, joining us also Asians. Uh, speaking of Asians, excuse you. <laughs> joining us, despite the fact that he is a soft target. He will still punch a snake in the face. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? Yes, and after I punch the uh, the snake in the face, I will bite off his rattle. Yeah, and you should do something with suck it. Suck the blood out and of it. Suck the venom out of it. Yes. I'll punch. What's in a rattle? What's in a snake's rattle? Is yeah. it- I don't know. You can make a nice baby toy or a dog toy it's like, out of it. It's like those. bone fragments or something? Yeah. Rugs, you punch your trouser snake in the face? Is that how you treat it? That's not nice. <laughs> and then I put it in my mouth. <laughs> Ah, you're very flexible. Yeah. Uh, all right. Enough of this bullshit. We will get to all the French Cajun stuff later. We have a really fun movie to review, but we have a lot of news to discuss. Let's get to it. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. There was a lot of MCU news this episode. There was big breaking news that got preempted by bigger, more breaking news. We will get to all of it. The first thing I'm just talking about is released today, Marvel released a brand new trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, and this one's a little more narrative. You see maybe too many things. You see a lot more, a little more of the story. Uh, Anthony, let's start with you. Chance, uh, what <laughs> you think about this trade-off, huh? No, I'm going to stop doing that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry we, I even started what that. What did we see in here? What did you get out of this? We yeah, we got this trailer this morning as we record October third, yes, twenty twenty two. I'll I'll say right off the bat that these two trailers are some of the best things Marvel's done Absolutely. as far as trailers. Absolutely. They're uh you know, I'm sure the movie will have its humor because Marvel always has its humor, but I think Rug said this last time and I'm gonna steal his thunder and say it. 
for this trailer as well in that uh, it's nice to see that they're taking this seriously, especially when you're looking at the last two projects they've released, She-Hulk, and I liked Love and Thunder, but some didn't. And both are uh, both are categorically very jokey properties, and this one doesn't seem to be. Yeah. So hopefully it stays that way. Uh, we definitely see a lot more of the plot with people invading Wakanda. It looks like Namor invading Wakanda, and because of the fact that they're weakened, I've read some stuff that Namor isn't really a villain either and yeah. there might be just some sort of misunderstanding but overall they cut this to be very epic and it and it works holy shit this right now is the only thing from the mcu that gives me full-on chills still like these two trailers have been amazing beautiful shots great music rugs what'd you pick up out of this trailer they give we you get more to see the Black Panther we see oh, uh, Riri shit. Williams oh shit yeah you see Ironheart that shot at the very end of the, the person in the Black Panther suit is clearly a female body. Oh, yeah. Think so? I think, no, yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be Shuri. Now, whether she remains Black Panther or gets passed around or how long she is remains to be seen. But odds are Shuri. But you get to see Okoye and Nakia and Mbaku and uh, fucking Namor looks badass. Atuma attacking a lot of the queen. Uh, does someone die in this movie? I feel like this trailer is trying to... Uh, I think the Black Panther is dead in this movie. Well, yes, T'Challa is dead, but <laughs> I feel like the Queen may not make it out of this movie alive. I don't know wow, why. Wow, really? It's, it's giving me that, a, that feeling. Yeah, potentially. I think I think, think someone will will hit it. I, I, I personally think it's going to be uh, M'Baku. Was it just me, or was the audio really muffled on this because i couldn't make out what they were the fuck they were saying throughout the trailer no, it was a little hard to understand i had to turn the captions on and oh you have, i couldn't find one with captions. I, I found the one from marvel studios uh, uh i think it was released in india there's one from the marvel studios youtube channel has actual captions that's the india one i think is that the india one and uh no, that's the one the first one i saw and i couldn't watch it because of i hate captions so uh, it's you have Namor set. Where do they go now? Where are the captions? What do they call him? Because I couldn't make out what they said. Something with wings, uh, uh, serpent oh, with wings. Oh, he says Kukulkan. Kukulkan. Yeah, it's the, the Aztec name of uh, the underwater. Is a Mesoamerican god. serpent yeah. deity. There you go. Known as the feather serpent god, and then you see him flying with his little ankle wings and you see Neymar has pointy ears and it looks amazing, but that shot of him flying and jumping, uh, looks fucking dope. There's definitely going to be a funeral. You definitely see Ironheart. This movie is reportedly, uh, if we can believe the screen time movie sites, two hours and 41 minutes long. Whoa. Making it the second longest uh, MCU movie, just behind Avengers Endgame. It's almost a half an hour longer than the first one. Wow! So I, it, I think it's going to be epic. Like I think they're going to spend a lot of time in the funeral in the beginning. They're going to spend a lot of time introducing Namor, and then there's just some war. Anthony, you brought up a good point. I did see the article. Tenac Huerta says I'm more of an anti-hero than a villain. If he's not the villain. Well, Namor's always been an anti-hero, yeah, so that makes yeah. sense. There are certain rumors. Could we see the first appearance of another monarch villain, another king of another country? Do oh shit, you oh, said it. Shit, maybe that would make a lot of sense here. 
That would make a lot. Not right? maybe maybe you don't see him, but maybe some end credit scene where he's been kind of pulling the strings on these two cultures going getting at each other. The whole time he was behind it, that would be. I mean, it, I think it would make because you already have Wakanda and you have Telecon, and you can introduce Latveria or wherever the hell they want to make Doom from. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be cool. The the scenes of Wakanda flooding the underwater. They call him Kul Kulka. Kul Kulka. I just, I just heard, yeah. him, I heard yeah. him say, "I'm listening to it right yeah, now." Yeah, that's how he says it. It was a little hard. They call him Kul Kulka. <laughs> Dude, the shot of a Tuma jumping out. You see Riri in inside the suit. It looks fucking. It looks dope. Well, the music's really nice for, for yeah. it too. They they definitely cut it with some some fitted themed music. That's that seems epic. I like it. I like the trailer. I like if they're able to pull this off. I'll give them a lot of kudos too because they were dealt a shit hand. Yeah, with, you know, with shot with T'Challa dying and them deciding they're not going to recast. This, it's a big deal. They have to like pull this off. Like this is it's kind of going to be like a make it or break it thing, right? For this franchise, oh for sure. So not even for the franchise. I think a lot of people are more down than I am. But I think that generally it seems like people are down on Phase Four, and, and this is supposed to be the end of it. So they can end with. So all, by all accounts, it looks like Werewolf by Night's getting a lot of good reviews, and it looks different. If they can yeah, end with yeah, that, yeah. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, I think they'll they'll turn things around at least. You know, momentarily for themselves. I mean, this movie has to. I, I do. I am agree. I agree with you. I think it has to do well for them because, it, yeah. Not only all that, but just it feels like an important movie just because of of T'Challa's death or the Bozeman's death. So to to warp that in, and then you bring in Namor. A lot, lot of stuff going on in this movie. Passing of the mantle. What happens if it doesn't do well? <laughs> what if it's? A I, I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think. I think it's going to make a lot of money. So in that sense, I think it will do fine. It's gonna make um, it's gonna make all the money. It's gonna yeah, make it I all. think it's gonna do really well. Uh, if it doesn't do well, then this, it's just the continuing the theme of of disappointing Marvel Phase Four. At this moment in time, this movie looks as if it's like a real movie. It's like a real yeah. experience. There's uh you know there's a heroic tale going on. There's good versus evil. There's uh, shades of gray. There's obviously emotional baggage here with like, you know, what, what happened in real life and how the, they, how they have to deal with the loss of black Panther. There's a lot going on and, um, it could work. It, it, it probably will. So I think we should all be there for it and check it out. Like, I hope I want to see them top tackle the themes of like what it means to be a King. What is a nation without its King? Uh, it's been when they've come into the world and everybody knows of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks just like an epic fantasy sci-fi fucking movie, you know, despite it being an MCU movie like this looks incredible. Full on. It's, it's got a, it's got a hard it's got a hard thing to do because it's lost its star and it has to be a better than the has to be as good or better than the first movie. Will it be another cultural moment? You know, like that first movie was. Uh, remains to be seen when, but now you- I, I don't think it can be that. Yeah, but I think it can be its own thing. I don't think it. You, you can only have that moment. When, well, you could recreate that moment, yeah. but it's that moment was different. This one's a little bit more like it's honoring this guy's memory, sort of in, in terms of Chadwick Boseman. It's capping off Phase Four and it's introducing 
you know, the next generation of, of the next Black Panther, as well as the next character in Namor that potentially could be in a lot of films together. Like both of these characters can be in a lot, still have a lot of runway in terms of the, the next saga. The only parallel I can draw is the Fast and the Furious when that dude... Uh, Paul yeah, Walker, after Paul yeah. Walker's death. Yeah. That movie did really well, too. Yeah. I mean, th- that could even push this uh, to be go better than Black Panther, in a way, if you think about that kind of effect, that more people will turn out to see, to support uh, this movie. And you have many strong women in the lead. That's exciting. Uh, and fucking, I can't wait to see Namor. I want to see uh, he's they said he's a mutant or in some article Tenak Huerta pretty much confirmed like he is a mutant that we're going to get another mutant he is Marvel's first mutant and he's one of the oldest characters from the I late 30s Miss Marvel was the first mutant well you have Miss Marvel was the first mutant I'm saying Marvel's oh, first reveal yeah okay. Marvel's first mutant in general Marvel Comics oh yes of course being created in like 1939 one of the oldest characters finally we get to see him very exciting listener. November 11th, so a little over a month away, we will hmm. get uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I already have my tickets. Oh, shit, you buy your tickets for that? I got to buy my tickets. before They're on sale already? Fuck. Is that what this that was, was the for? trailer. That's what this end. trailer it's was for? Tickets are on sale. Shit, I got to get into the Fandango before it's sold out. Uh, are we all happy with Shuri be- potentially being the Black Panther? No, I mean, but like they're doing it. So. <laughs> I got to see it. I don't know. Sure, it's fine. I mean, the suit looks dope. Whoever's wearing it, that's her. She gonna looks rem- like her, right? Yeah, like it, her. She's a little bit more slender than the other two characters. Yeah, yeah. Or the other uh, ladies that potentially could be Black Panther. Does she remain Black Panther by the end of the movie? What happens? Uh, I like seeing Mbaku back. Uh, it's gonna be great. Listener, let us know what you think. Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. There is a link in the show description. It is a closed group just for our listeners. Where we post a lot of fun things. You can meet all of our other amazing listeners. Okay, let's move on to the other big, big news that broke several days ago. You probably already saw this, but they kind of let Marvel let Ryan Reynolds announce via a video on Twitter uh, not only the date for Deadpool 3, but the fact that Hugh motherfucking Jackman is Backman. As Wolverine, oh shit! Uh, I think a lot of people thought this was coming. I was not expecting this. They must have rolled a fucking dumb truck of money to Hugh Jackman's fucking porch for him to come back. This will be his tenth time playing Wolverine. Comment on that. This looks. I now I can't wait for this. This is not, not coming out until like twenty twenty four. Uh, Rugs, let's start with you. Did you watch these little videos that they put out? They're kind of. I funny. watched one. I think that uh, he was walking up the stairs. He's like, okay, I'll do it. And then, then, there was, yeah, there was another one where they, they were, were sitting like, together on the couch. Yeah, they were going to explain that. what their idea was. And then Wham's wake me up before you go. Yeah, just start I, playing I thought over. that was kind of stupid. Kinda but stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be a one and done. I don't think. I mean, if he he's like almost 60 years older, probably already 60. Hugh Jackman, right? 50, 53. But, oh, he's 53. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh no! I mean, it's like I, this movie comes out in two years. So <laughs> yeah, in two years. He was like 30, 31 when he was, did the first right. movie, I believe. So no, Damn, it, why does yeah. he look so good? That was my question. Will we see the yellow costume? Uh, I was a little bit excited to see someone new play the Wolverine, but fuck, this is also great. I'll take this geek boner, Anthony. What are your thoughts on this? I, I think it's a good thing in terms of Wolverine being back. 
in the MCU. I think it's going to increase interest in Deadpool 3 for sure. Yeah. Because Deadpool 2 was fine, but no one was like, oh, I can't wait for Deadpool 3. I think most of the excitement for Deadpool 3 was the fact that he's going to be in the MCU. And now you throw in Wolverine. I think that can only help interest in the movie. Oh, yeah. Kind of kicks off Phase 4 with a with a one-two bang with Fantastic Four and Deadpool 3. Phase 6, excuse me. Yeah. I, I am a little I I was ready for a new Wolverine, so in that sense I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. That we're not getting a new Wolverine and this guy, human Jack, Hugh Jackman is old as shit. <laughs> so I don't know how much longer you can do this. Logan will always be a perfect send off for the guy. I, I'm not one of those that thinks it's totally um spitting on that movie if you bring back Hugh Jackman. I don't think it's that sacred. But I, I think Logan, you know, on its own, I think that was a perfect send-off. So, in that sense, I'm a little concerned, but I think it'll be a fun buddy cop kind of movie. They can maybe travel through time together. Oh. They can do a bunch of different things. It'll be wacky as shit, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I'm not... I see both sides of the argument. I'm not super excited. I'm not pissed off. I'm just like, oh, okay. Let's. I'll, I'll see how this plays out. I think you have plausible deniability. It depends on what happens in Deadpool 3 because thus far, it's a separate universe, right? Thus far, it's in a Fox universe, and Wolverine is in the Fox universe. The X-Men are in that universe. So having him be in that movie, if you're just like, you already know that Deadpool existed outside of the Marvel universe. So it's like, if they don't choose to cross it over and they keep that all of their shit in their universe, I think it's completely fine. If we can get Hugh Jackman in the yellow spandex, yes, because we, we never got to see that, right? We got to see everything else. They even teased it in the Wolverine movie, um, but we in the suitcase, but we never got to see him put that shit on. Let us see that shit. Let us fucking have that fucking screen grab for for fucking forever, and let's make a figure out of that, and then uh, then we could uh, then we can get a new Wolverine when we start fresh when we. We make the real X Men that's in the Marvel, the real Marvel universe. I mean, it's Deadpool, right? So they could do all sorts of wacky things. I do love how there's two characters with healing powers, so they can just fucking cut each other up and they'd be fine, and they'll just get back together. So there could be a lot of fun, fun things with that. I am excited, but I also I wanted to see someone new. Maybe in this movie, I don't know if we get introduced to the new Wolverine in this movie. That really wouldn't make any sense, but. Uh, it's an alternate universe, and it's it's wacky. So you can put Hugh, put him in the yellow, and then one and done him, right? Just This this is now an event movie. This is now the reason to see Deadpool 3 well, in September Well, we've already established in, Marvel, in the Marvel Universe that with No Way Home that there is the multiverse. and with, They all exist. And with Doctor Strange, there's the multiverse. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the Wolverine from from the MCU. Like our, our yeah. 616 MCU. Yeah, no, that's 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 how I think they're going to explain it. Is this is Wolverine from an alternate universe, the Fox universe, maybe Deadpool, definitely from an alternate universe. They already said in that second video because people were asking about Logan, yeah, that Logan occurs in twenty twenty nine, right? It's technically in the, in the films, yeah. yeah. They're they're definitely going to bring over Deadpool and perhaps Wolverine into the MCU because that Deadpool two ends with him time traveling and fixing time in his own funny right, way, right? And I think that'll probably intersect with some sort of thing that Dr. Strange had done when he cracked open the multiverse or some, something will happen where they get flipped over to here. I do think 
now that they're bringing back Wolverine, I think Deadpool will definitely be in the MCU. And I think Wolverine, I think there's a decent shot we're going to see him in Secret Wars or oh, King Dynasty shit. or both. Oh, there's a lot of teams they are building that we could, they could all shove into the Secret Wars movie. If you well, they, and they can do with the multiverse stuff, they can do, they can jump in and out of different universes and you'll see, you can see those characters. I mean, we saw Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier right. return, right? So this could be the Wolverine from whatever universe that was. Uh, that would make sense because they all look like the Fox mutants. So, uh, I yeah, no, it's crazy. Great, great for Deadpool 3. Plus, their chemistry has got to be great. You know, they're like buds and they fuck with each other online. And I can't wait to see the two of them bounce off each other. And like you said, like a fun road trip, buddy cop, buddy comedy would be amazing. And, and first R-rated, it would be Marvel's first R-rated movie, too, which is another thing to look forward to. Hopefully it's fun and hopefully it's worth. I don't hate on Hugh Jackman for taking the money because he probably got paid as the kids say the bag. Oh, he oh you know he got paid. He secured the bag. Yeah. But that being said, I I, I did really like Logan and I kind of wish that was the end of Hugh Jackman. It's a fucking great movie and yeah, that was nice that being the last time we saw his Wolverine. But I was like, you know what? I'm 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 good. I want to see this now. The minute he thing announced, I was like, fuck yeah. This one is written by the same people. Uh Ryan Reynolds, Brett, Brett Reese, Paul Wernick, but it will be directed by Sean Levy of uh Free, Free Guy. Guy. Yeah, and Adam Project, who hmm. done a lot of work with Ryan Reynolds. So hmm. there's that. Yes. Maybe Zazzy Beach returns as Domino. I mean, the second movie was fun. We got to see Cable and time travel, like you said. It wasn't bad. It, was fine. it wasn't bad. Juggernaut with a fucking thing up his ass. It was great. <laughs> uh, I think I think they did this. You're going to get into it, but I think they did. They announced this because they were they were going through some 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 trouble a day before. Well, if this is damage control, news. we have to talk about a project that I'm a little bit worried about, and I think a lot of people are, and that is Marvel's Blade movie. Uh, way back in 2019, seems like a long time ago, at the San Diego Comic Con, they announced Mahershal Ali will be playing Blade. That was three years ago, and now the the movie is supposed to come out next November. They were just about to begin shooting in Atlanta this November, and the director, Bassam Tariq, has dropped out of the movie. Oh, shit. They are saying production schedule conflicts. He's going to remain as an executive producer on the film. But that's not all. That, that alone is cause to be concerned, because to give you, they're going to delay production, right? You have to, but to have less than a year for production and to shoot this movie, if they don't push it back, is that's not a lot of time. Then you follow that up with insider Jeff Snyder, entertainment insider, who uh, he's a reporter for The Ankler. He tweeted some not so great things saying, quote, I am told that the current Blade script is roughly 90 pages and features exactly two lackluster action sequences. Maharshala is said to be very frustrated with the process. Baiji said to be spread too thin, but hey, that's what just sources are telling me. Don't shoot the messenger. And then you follow that up with, I got another rumor that this guy, um, they're going to delay the movie. This guy's writer, Boo DeMeo, who wrote on Moon Knight, and Bo? he's written on, Bo, sorry, Bo. <laughs> I'm already getting into the occasion. Bo DeMeo, uh, who wrote on X-Men 97 and Moon Knight, rumored to be overhauling the entire Blade 
screenplay. Oh, shit. That's not good. The rumor was the movie was supposed to be set in the 20s. It was going to be a period piece. Maybe he jumped through time. Uh, Anthony, does this, does this, this sounds like a mess you would find over maybe at Warner Brothers or over and the Star Wars side of things at Disney. Not necessarily under Kevin Feige's things at Marvel. So I don't know. Does this, is this disconcerting? Uh, none of that's good. Yeah, okay. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. good. Yes. It's not good to lose your director, what, eight weeks before you're about to start production. Yeah, that's a problem. Filming. You know, they're probably already pre-producing all this film and building sets. It sounds like they're going to delay it. it. Sounds like they're probably going to have to push this movie back. They're going to have to. I don't know what kind of ramifications that has for how they had things planned out in terms of, you know, movie, show, movie, show, because everything kind of has a, is a domino piece in this. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit concerning. I don't really understand how they can announce Mahershala in 2019 and right. it'd be three years later and they still don't really know what the hell they're doing. Like that, yeah. This seems like it writes itself and is going to be, it should be yeah. awesome. Yeah. How so, hard is this? A fucking knock a blade movie out of the park. I mean, it, it you know, Movie making is hard, but this seems definitely seems like uh, Fahi, as you said, is probably is might be spread too thin, and the quality control here is a bit lackluster. I I just want to see the movie get made. So as long as they make the movie, I want to see Mahershala Ali as Blade. The original Blade series was not something I ever watched, so that's not my. Ah. I grew up with that Blade. Okay, so. For me, Mahershala Ali would be a blade, and, and I, that's what I want to see. Even if I go back and watch those Wesley Snipes films, yeah. I'm watching them retroactively. I'm not living them live. So I'm ready for Mahershala Ali. I, hopefully they can put out a, a pretty solid film here, but it is concerning for sure. Rugs, 90 pages, is that's very, not a long movie. Yeah, it seems a little light. but very, it's, Yeah, but, it should uh, be a lot. Uh, look, yeah. um, contrary to what Anthony said, I think that um, the Wesley Snipe film was great. And, oh, the first one's great. And um, second one's good. Oh, I never at, saw. At, I never the, saw at that, that time, it really put Marvel on the map because it was like a real fucking uh, adult movie, and it was badass. And Wesley Snipes was the action sequences were great, the kills were great, and um, it was gory as fuck. Yeah, and uh. And Wesley Snipes was like a fucking great blade. He was so badass. One of the most badass, silent motherfucking characters that there were. Uh, Just kicking ass and taking names. Um, There is no way. If they only have two action sequences in this movie, there is no fucking way it's even going to hold a candle. Lame. Yeah. No way. You got to fucking. You got to go. You got to make a new blade movie. You got to try and eclipse what they did. Like in two thousand, it's got to start with a badass action scene like that movie. Yeah, you can't yeah. fuck around. You got to do it. Um, Sam Raimi's hanging around Marvel. Like, give him a call. He can, you know, he can do some. That's wacky not a shit. bad idea. But like, he knows horror, but like, I think that it'll be wacky. I don't know if we should do wacky Blade. I think we should do scary Blade. But uh, that's my opinion. But scary badass Blade is. I seen it. I like it. You know, I, that's what I want. They when when Stephen Goyer made Blade Trinity, that third one, yeah, it it it, it did not have the bad at, like you could tell when Stephen Norrington how he directed that first film, he just knew badassery. You just it felt like 
a nineties badass movie, like or, or early two thousands badass movie where like it was yeah. just stylized and great, uh dark. So I feel like Marvel's got a big job to and they shouldn't fuck around and they should get this figured out, but Anthony said it best. It writes itself. He fucking kills vampires. I know. What's the problem? How hard That's is this? It. Uh, Snipes acting or fighting style in that first movie is so great. Just like these precise movements. And you're right. He doesn't say anything and he just kicks ass. It's so much fun to watch. Now, Maharshala Ali, you don't want to frustrate your talent. This guy has two fucking Oscars. He's a multi Oscar Academy Award winner. And if he's saying the script sucks and he doesn't like, that's not good. What are you doing? It's not hard. I don't know. Don't set it in the 1920s. I don't know. Maybe there's something in Werewolf by Night you can pull pull into there and tie it in. But yeah, none of that sounds good. So this is a little. It's probably gonna. It's gonna have Why to be pushed he, back. Look, oh, this is the even more important question: Is you got the fucking huge juggernaut that is Disney that has all of the money. Has yeah. all of everything, has can kick doors open, can make things happen, whatever. And they can't make this movie. Is Faisy spread too too thin? He can't be everywhere. He can't have his hands on everything or oversee what everything. I mean, they so. can't make Blade? Right? Like they've <laughs> already done it. It's not like you're trying to do something that's never been done before. They've done yeah. it. Yeah. It's like you know the beats to hit right there. Not only that, but they announced Mahersh Ali in 2019. They've had three years to figure this out. Yeah, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? How can I you know they're, they're, yeah, I, I definitely think like, it's what are people, control like, What are people going to the theater to see? They're not looking for Shakespeare. They're looking for they're looking for Blade. I mean, meanwhile, Netflix is giving you Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg as fucking vampire hunters. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Get your shit together. I can't believe I'm saying that for Marvel. I'd never had to say that. I'd never had to give him the get you your shit together. You should get the guy clip. who did Constantine to do it. Get him. He's good. Yeah. That guy would be good. Perfect. I, I I read somewhere that Delroy Lindo was cast in this too. Oh. So wow. that should be good. I, I'm just concerned too. One point I want to really touch on real quick is that Mahershala Ali's 48 years old. Yeah. 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 So yeah. if you keep pushing this shit back, you know, I'm sure he looks young because yeah. Black don't crack. It doesn't. <laughs> but yeah. That being said, you know how how much more how much can he really move the way you need to move his blade when Stunt he's in guy. his fifties? Yeah. And I, I'd imagine, you know, they don't want to just do one movie with the guy, right? They want to do a couple. You know, now you're running into a guy that might be in his, you know, hitting sixty at some point. Yeah, the more you in, delay in this Marvel universe. So yeah, and John Campia brought this up, but. I, I'm actually I, I I want the movie to come out, but I mean there there's a real chance that this movie just doesn't get made because if you delay production, yeah. First off, that's costing millions of dollars. Yeah. All these actors can't just sit around and wait. They have schedules they're where they're yeah. they've tied into other movies and stuff. Yeah, so they're gonna move on. You're gonna lose that at some at some point. It might they might have to pull the plug on this thing, Whoa. which would which would suck. Whoa. I feel like you know Marvel's always had its struggles and it's had, but I feel like that it's becoming pervasive. Well, is this the first real cracks in the machine that we're seeing? I mean, they've had other issues like Edgar Wright, you know, stepping away, which is different. He was on that thing for years. Scott Derrickson leaves uh, Doctor Strange, but then you get Sam Raimi, great pickup. But that wasn't, you know, weeks before starting fucking right. shooting the movie. This I, is I think what, different. I think what really has hampered them is Disney Plus. 
Yeah, it's if too they much. Could, if they just focused on the movies, mm. I think they'd be okay. I think you'd still run into some stuff, but not like this. But the fact that they have to announce in advance not only sh- movies, but TV shows and give them dates and without scripts, without writers, without anything, I think it just gets to be too much. So that's funny you say that because I saw the hunger for more content is is what's what's hurting them. I saw this other article popping up. It is a rumor from the Cosmic Circus. So take it with a grain oh, of salt. Sometimes, what the hell website is that? Yeah, some, they they post a lot of spoilers. But this one speaks to what you're saying. The rumor is that they are Marvel is looking at turning a lot of these upcoming six episode shows into special presentations, like Werewolf by Night, like the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special meaning that they may have bitten off a little more than they can chew and maybe like the nova if they're going to do a show well it's also so there's that rumor combined with the next news article which is uh armor wars don Cheadle's series is now being developed as a movie they, oh, so they've shifted armor wars from being a disney plus show to being a full movie, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I think Does it's it, good wh- because I guarantee you that show was just decompression up the wazoo. Like it, it was so, probably it, yeah. one of those things where you could have just done it in a movie. I, I'm completely with rugs. I think Marvel, the track record states Marvel does better with movies yeah. than they have with TV shows. Yeah. And a lot of the TV shows, there's been a couple that I liked. I liked WandaVision. I liked Loki. I liked parts of, Moon Knight, mm-hmm. I like parts of Miss Marvel really mm-hmm. a lot. But a lot of these shows are either just stretched, like Rug says decompressed, yep, yep. or for some reason they rush everything in the final. Yes, they episode. always rush everything in the so end. Yes. I feel like they just haven't really cracked the code with T V shows. And it's just better if if the story isn't really something that can last six episodes, just make it a movie. And but, I think and I think one more thing real quick is Campia said this too, so I'm aping off him, but it's true. When they're spending $200 million on a TV show, that's spread over six six hours, yeah, right? Yeah. But when they spread spend that money on a movie, yeah. it's two, two and a half hours. Yeah. There's more dollar per minute. Sure. Which means they can actually put in a lot more attention into each minute and frame of the film rather than spreading that money out over a TV show. No, you guys are right. If you're going to give me this slow-ass decompressed show, just don't waste my time. Put it in a two-hour movie. How much, though, is there a um, desire from the audience to see an Armor Wars movie led by Don Cheadle? That would have been my next question. Like, you're forcing mm-hmm. this over here now. Is it going to be as uh, as good, uh, as as hot a thing uh, as a movie and not a TV show, but clearly something's up. They've given us eight TV shows, right? And the ones you mentioned, Anthony, like there's a few really good ones, but overall, it's been kind of mid to good. Eight. That's a lot of TV. It's a lot just, of. Hours. It's just been like mid good. Yeah, just like serviceable. I think. What would you? Would it's you? been serviceable. Yes, some have been better than the others, but out of the eight, uh, I don't know how many they're hitting completely out of the park not the majority of them so they may be changing their strategy they may be rethinking things blade may have forced their hand uh here's another crazy news story well, you want to hear hear a, an idea to make this movie yes. more appealing yes change the name to iron man 
Oh shit! I just call it an Iron Man movie. Armor Iron Man Four. Iron Man colon Armor Wars or something. Or Iron Man Re- Iron Man Legacy. Or Iron Man oh, Revolution. Because since it's based off his tech, yeah. The Armor Wars is based off an Iron Man story. Yeah, just War yeah. Machine. The movie would be cool too. But like, oh yeah, War, 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 War Iron War Man Machine, War Machine. Yeah. yeah, call it War Machine. But I mean, it. Mm. I, I, as far as the interest, I mean, no one's really clamoring for an Iron Armor Wars, but yeah. I prefer. I think they could, the the Marvel marketing machine can drum up interest. I mean, if they can still draw what three four hundred million dollars for the Eternals, yeah. they can drum up interest for anything. That's true. So I That's think true. that'll be fine. It's I, I like the idea that I think this is the right pivot in that if if the story deserves a movie, go with the movie route. Don't don't make don't 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 uh, Obi Wan Kenobi this and right. <laughs> take a movie and then make it a TV show. When do you think they're going to ever mention the giant eternal that's sticking out of the earth? In the it Marvel? was in She-Hulk on a web page <laughs> on the side. If you look carefully, oh, really? somebody re- yes, there was a little thing about why is yeah, there? Yeah, it's acknowledged. Get over it. Head, it's over now. Why is there a giant head poking out of the earth? So apparently, uh, Hawkeye was originally going to be a movie, and they pivoted yeah. and turned it into a TV show. Which I don't know if uh, maybe it would have worked better as a movie. Because then the, so. the last episode gets all crazy and just shoves all these things in at the last minute, and you're like, "What the fuck? What what's happening? It's too much." Um, I think yeah, I think there's that, and I think going back to the Black Panther thing, yeah, there's that, and there's a a sudden pivot to almost leaning too far towards the comedy that I think Marvel needs to take a couple steps back on. Yeah, Black Panther, I think, will definitely <laughs> write that and like be like, oh, this shit is serious again, and it's amazing. But you're I, right. I, I felt like the early phases, don't get me wrong, there's still some fun move, far Marvel movies. Yeah. But I felt like the early phases sprinkled in the humor. Yeah. It almost felt situational. Yeah. And part of the characters were this, now they're aiming for the humor. They're making straight up comedy, comedy I mean, You look at She Hulk, and well, they're. they're they're going for it. Yeah, and the Thor the, movies. The yeah. stories are so yeah. much weaker that that they need the those jokes to prop it up. Mm. And if they don't work, then you got two things that are failing at the same time, which is not yeah. good. All right, let's follow that up with another crazy uh, kind of a rumor that I've seen here. We talked about uh, the Thunderbolts and how it's a shame William Hurt passed away because he can't be Thunderbolt Ross to be the Red Hulk. Well, appara- again, Jeff Snyder coming in again, apparently is saying that there was speculation that they Marvel was looking to recast General Ross with who? With one, a young Harrison Ford. Oh, shit. As a possible General Ross replacement. First of all, what do you guys think of that? I think that's great. Give me Harrison Ford at the MCU as General Ross all day. Yeah, I think. I think he'd be just fine, even probably better, just as awesome. I worry about him. He's like 80. He is extremely old. He's just finished <laughs> he's very old the, last, well. the last Indiana Don't, Jones movie What's up with these do. old people? <laughs> well, I mean, you know. Well, he's an old guy. Like, Redford was an old guy. William Hurt is an old guy. Yeah. The character is an well, old William guy. William Hurt is dead. So Right. That's what I'm saying. But William General is, Ross is, is, is an older gentleman. Here's one you could do. Just bring back Sam Neill from Hulk and be have him be General Ross. Sam Elliott, excuse me. Oh, Sam Elliott. Oh yeah, he yeah. was Thunderbolt Ross in another movie. In the in the, in Ang, the Hulk. in the Ang Lee one. Ang Lee Hulk. He yep. was. Oh, he would be great. I love Sam Elliott. And he's his almost eighty two. Phenomenal. But he's almost eighty. Yeah. So. He's got a great fucking voice. Yeah, Sam Elliott would be great. 
Uh, this is followed. I don't think. It, I mean, you don't really even need to recast him if you don't want to. Yeah, but if you want the Red Hulk in your Thunderbolts, that'd be nice. Oh, you need the you need the General Ross. Just make it like uh, General Ross's bastard son or some shit. Apparently, Marvel wanted to announce this at D twenty three, where Harrison Ford was for Indiana Jones five, but rumor has it Kathleen Kennedy put her foot down and blocked them. And basically told them you can't announce this because you're going to take away thunder from Indiana Jones or whatever. But mm. that would have been nice uh, if they yeah. had a double announcement. Announcement. I get. I get what she's doing. That. Which, yeah. If that was true, I get what she's, she's looking doing out that. for her Lucasfilm property because that would have overshadowed. Yeah. Indiana Jones. That five. trailer has apparently leaked from D23. I have not. I didn't watch it. I don't want to oh, watch. I want. I want to see it. But I want to see it nice. But he said this is the last. Indiana Jones film apparently. Speaking of leaks, you didn't include it in the notes. So you had sent me the leak trailer for Ant Man: Quantumania. Well, at first Wasp. of all, I do. I I want to watch these nice. I don't want to watch okay. these shitty videos. Right. But by the time I clicked on that, it had been deleted. Yes, I I watched it. A you couple did times. okay. No. Uh, what can you say? Spoiler free about this leaked Ant Man three trailer. I mean, it's exactly if you read the internet. Yeah, the description. You can read the description. Yeah. But the basic gist... Did you watch it, Rux? No. No? The basic gist is they are in a... They have a quantum tunnel machine and they get sucked in. Uh, the kid, Janet, uh, Ant-Man, the Wasp, like a bunch of the whole family gets sucked in, including the kid. They're in the quantum realm. Janet Van Dyne runs into Bill Murray. Bill Murray's... It's like he hasn't, he's seen, hasn't seen her in a long time and she's surprised and Michael Douglas like, what the hell? Well, they know each other. Mm. Yeah, and then they, the end of the trail, it's a bunch of shots of the quantum realm, and then they run into Kang, Whoa. played by, uh, what's his face, Jonathan Majors, yeah. and they do the whole exchange where Jonathan, he, he, goes, I'm an Avenger, Jonathan Majors goes, have I killed you before? And oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, Scott Lang's like, what? <laughs> He's like, oh, it, 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 they all run together, basically. I lose track. And then he goes, the only way you're getting out of here, some along those lines, is if you steal something from me someone stole something from me i need you to get it back yeah it's a heist and, and he'll get out and scott lang's like uh we don't have a deal and he's looking at like cassie who's being held hostage and she's like don't do it and then kang like i don't know force forces him into the like force pushes him into the wall okay and then it kind of ends like that so what is the tone of this one is it i mean is it it's a lot more serious than oh. the other two ones oh, yeah. at least from the trailer yeah. it's not as uh goofy especially when kang walks in yeah he's not he doesn't have the purple or blue face oh he's, but he's just wearing the uh, majors face. but he's wearing like the purple like a purple metallic futuristic outfit okay okay and he's uh he's not as uh he's not playing the character like he did in Loki where he was all schizophrenic. Right. It's a different person. He's much much more reserved and calm and like he's playing it as if he's been there done that and he's okay. not really impressed by anything that's going on. Well, that would have been Kang like he was a variant, but this variant is is a uh, badass. Okay, that's interesting. Why this Marvel just put out these fucking give me the Indiana Jones trailer, put out the same man trailer. I don't know what you're waiting for. The things are leaking on the internet. Just fucking put it out. Yes. Put it out. It's uh, interesting that they put they did Kang. They introduced Kang in the Ant Man movie, but yeah. from what I read, they wanted to make this movie. They wanted to put some life in the Ant Man series and maybe make this a little bit more important to the overall universe. 
Yeah. Because those, those movies have kind of just been in their own little pocket. Yeah, they've been just kind of like fun side movies. Um, but Paul Rudd, Ant-Man's character, has, has a big part in the Avengers movie. So it's time for uh, some real shit to go down in one of these fucking Ant-Man movies. Uh, well, they've so, built yeah. it up enough. Like They've built up yeah. the character enough that he could be a legitimate part of the universe. So, yeah, let's 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 have some shit happen in this movie. That's some important shit. Why not? Put it out, Marvel. Uh, in the meantime, listener, check out our T Public shop. You can buy some fun podcast swag. Be the envy of your friends. Visit com slash shop to get some hoodies or T-shirts or mugs. All that fun stuff. Lots of sales going on over there. Okay, last thing in the news. This is actually not a Marvel piece of news. It's about another franchise. Anthony, your favorite franchise, Planet of the Apes. Hmm. I don't want to, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I do enjoy that franchise. It's I know it's one that you've grown up with that's kind of fond childhood memories. Both, yeah. yeah. I grew up with it and then I really like the the new movies too. So yeah, I did see they announced Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. The, yeah, even though the trilogy trilogy, Matt Reeves trilogy ended in twenty seventeen, War Planet of the Apes. This is a continuation, and the title of this new movie is coming out twenty twenty four, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes picks up many years after Didn't war. Did I just say that? Yes, Kingdom. I'm just reiterating in case people <laughs> okay, missed right, it. Right. But uh, this one does not have uh, a- a- Andy Serkis, or this is director Wes Ball, uh, mm. with cast members Freya Allen, Owen Teague, and Peter Macon. So is Caesar in this? Do you think it's still the story? No, of he's Caesar? dead. He oh, died. He did die at the end of war, didn't he? But I think he has kids. Oh, he had a kid that yeah, yeah, survived. Yeah. And they, they did that in the, um, in the old movies. It was... Uh, I believe the name is Cornelius was the father. Yeah. Played by Norm. Mac- I think it was Norm McDonald. Does that name sound not right? Norm McDonald's. That's something, not right at all. He's also deceased. Something McDowell. Yeah. yeah. McDowell. Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. Yeah. Roddy McDowell. He was Cornelius in the first couple movies. Oh, right. And then Dr. Cornelius with Dr. Zira. And then the the third, the fourth movie, they had Caesar show up. But he was also played by Roddy McDowell. Do we need more apes movies like that? trilogy was great uh and they could have let it rest for a little bit but they're gonna squeeze this for all its juice <laughs> i mean if they use the same mocap like the, the the visual effects were stunning and there's a piece of art where it shows like uh, a ape riding on a horse and you see the uh you know bur- broken down buildings with growth over them like an apocalyptic earth where they rule i don't know how they taught those apes to ride the horses it's amazing. They, they can figure it out. <laughs> they, it's, it's some is that, for, is that from uh, that's some Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi? Yeah, that's just yeah, Trevor yeah. Slattery. <laughs> but, Anthony, are you excited? Do we need more? Are you all, we always take another Apes movie, regardless. Well, here's the thing about the Apes movies. is They, they did this reversed, where they actually showed the revolution first. Right. And in the originals, they did it from the future and then went to the revolution. Oh. So they could still there's still plenty of story to tell about the future with the Apes. Right. Where it's now an, a legitimately a planet of the apes, I, the original trilogy's a freaking masterpiece, great, especially the last the last two. Like they're modern, modern cinematic blockbuster masterpieces. You talking they're, they're about the '60s more, ones? No, no, no. Oh, these the last three. ones. Yes, yes. The '60s ones are solid. Yeah. I mean, there's '60s, '70s ones. There's some gems in there, but they're of its time. And I like those movies, but they're of its time. Yeah. I think there is more story to tell. I think. Having a, I, I don't mind having a different director and a different cast yeah. and seeing what because there is plenty of story to tell. 
Um, so I'm willing to give it a shot. I like the, Ma- the Apes movies. Yeah. As long as they keep the same kind of... They treat it seriously, which they did yeah. in these, these, these first three of the New Age. As long as they treat it seriously, I think that there's lots of things they can tell about the future and apes and all that shit. Rugs, you in? Comment? Anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain to see where they're going with it. Like, are they going to do this whole thing with, like, uh, there's a smart human and all the humans are dumb now. And there's, you know, one of them, like, shows up and, like, uh, I, I don't want to see any humans. Just give me some yeah, ape, just, ape, ape, all ape shit. Like, yeah. we don't even know. It's a lot of uh, well, mocap. I mean, the yeah, the first one was this dumb humans yep. and they get the human. They did say in that first movie. I don't know if you remember, but there was a tease at the end where the the ship launched at the end that was named the same ship from the original Planet oh, Apes. Oh, right. It did go into space. The one went into space. Charleston Heston's and, in there. Right. Charleston yeah. Heston's character. <laughs> they were, went into space, and then the apes took over. So that ship could land. Oh, yeah. Maybe he comes back. They, you retell, you kind of retell that story. I mean, there was also the second one, which was really wacky, where you had humans living underground worshiping a, a nuclear bomb i don't know if you guys remember that one yeah. that was fucking yeah weird wow movie. but there's there's still things that they could do i i don't think the story's not i don't think the story i dead. think marky mark needs to show up well oh, he Jesus was ew, he was in the tim burton one right that's that that the mother for me <laughs> what's up ape how you doing ape why are you looking at me like that Say hi to your mother for me, ape. Uh, that movie was uh, horrible, and you could tell Tim Burton didn't want to make the movie. While you're watching the movie, you're like, "Oh yeah, he's this is where he checks out." Uh, but th- with mocap the way it is and technology, like it could look beautiful. So yeah, maybe Charlton Heston shows up. I mean, oh jeez, give it, give us more apes. All right, that's a good place to take a break right there for some promos, and we're gonna come back and talk about a mullet. As a lead actor in an amazing 90s action movie. <laughs> Best mullet you're ever going to see. Right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Big on America. Your organization's terrible. Hey, guys. This is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with... Big Hops. Do you have and to say your name so weird? <laughs> you want me to say? <laughs> and I'm also here with... Mikey Famine. The extruser pro- excuse oh. <laughs> over. No, it's staying. No, it's staying the way it is, because this is the way the show is. Big <laughs> on America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. Uh, a little bit about us. I'm your resident brother of the league. <laughs> <laughs> I Very love America so much that I demand she be better through constant criticism and protest. Thank you. And uh, in your Obama voice, Mikey. I don't oh. like Obama. Of course you don't. You also don't like bathing and healthy meals. What Dig on America is, is it's a healthy criticism of a country. We, <laughs> America's already perfect. You should know we're perfect just like my hands. Well, I mean, a lot of people might say that, but those people probably haven't gone to school or brushed their teeth today. So um, <laughs> we're going to ignore them. But yeah, check out our show. It's unbeholden to any um, corporate overlords, except for Jay-Z, the Bilderberg yeah. Foundation. George Soros sponsored. George Soros, the Clinton yeah. Foundation. Absolutely. And uh, let's not forget Emotep. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. You can check out all of our audio. We're on every single fucking audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. I won't. Go fuck yourself. On America. Listener, if you enjoy the show and the entertainment value we give, you can give back to the years of fun we've been putting out for free on the internet. Give back to the show. Join our fan club on Patreon. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! And you can support the show on a monthly or annual basis. And there's tiers with benefits like an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. There's bonus content. We get access to our Discord server where we do monthly geek hangouts. And there's a tier where you can force us to watch and review any movie you want. It's a lot of fun over there. Jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And that's what we're doing this week. We have a Patreon movie pick all loaded up and ready to go. This one sponsored by listener patreon supporter ralph bravo who has been a patron for 44 months oh shit thank you ralph for your continued support yes thank you he has picked for us everybody strap in we are going to be reviewing the 1993 jean claude van damme action epic hard target here's your spoiler alerts just because it's fun Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, Hard Target sitting at a uh, 60% tomato meter. 5.5 out of 10. What is rot- Rotten Tomatoes now? Fuck down. <laughs> 49% average uh, audience score. This movie was made for $20 million uh, and has uh, closed with a box office of $74 million. R-rated, nice, slim, 97-minute runtime. Uh, here's where the movie gets notable. It is directed by John Woo. This is John, the Hong Kong film director's first <laughs> American Hollywood movie, his U.S. debut. And also, I believe this is the first movie to be directed by an Asian filmmaker from Hollywood. So he's breaking down doors here. Oh, really? Yeah. What was I that? Asian filmmaker yes. in Mar- like yes. really no first major Hollywood film made by a Chinese oh, major director studio okay. okay specifically Chinese first major Hollywood movie made by a Chinese really? director really yes. I don't know yep. that's what the Wikipedia okay, says whatever okay you I'll ch- go with ch- it. challenge the Wikipedia <laughs> no uh, allow this, it this movie it was written by Chuck Farrar who is in the movie it's kind of fun the writer is in the movie and based on loosely based on the uh, classic uh, story. The most dangerous game from the 20s that was previously made into a movie in the 1930s. The movie stars, of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme as Chance Boudreau. You got Lance Henriksen as the bad guy. Uh, you got Yancey Butler as the female lead. Rugs, do you, where do you know Yancey Butler from? I was like, I know this girl Witchblade. from somewhere. Yes, she was Witchblade, a short-lived TV show and made-for-TV movie yeah, based she, on She's known comics. as the woman with the very raspy voice. She looks like witch, witch blade. She looks like she uh, smokes lots of cigarettes. Yes. And also Arnold Vosloo as the other bad yeah. guy, uh, Van Cleef and Lance Hendrickson and Chuck Farrar, I said, uh, and a bunch of other people. Anthony, what happens in Hard Target? Hard Target Hard. is 
set in New Orleans and is about these rich people, this this group of people that have basically set up a hunting scheme of of live humans, former homeless Marines, it sounds like, or homeless military people yep, yep, are being hunted by yep. rich people set up by an or- set up in New Orleans by Lance Hendrickson and his uh, Lance Hendrickson playing Emil Fouchon, Fouchon. Fouchon <laughs> and uh, his lackey Arnold Voslo uh, playing Peak Van Cleef <laughs> and they are uh, they've set up to hunt as mentioned military homeless military people with no background no family or whatever and they in the opening scene they end up hunting the wrong guy they hunt a guy that does have a family member looking for him uh played by the girl that smokes a lot of cigarettes uh what's her name <laughs> Cassie Yancy Butler Yancy Butler Nat, yeah Natasha Binder so the guy they're yeah. hunting is the writer of the movie in the beginning okay That's so him. yeah Natasha Binder she's looking for her dad who they hunted in the first scene of the movie and she stumbles upon Jean-Claude Van Damme, who's an out-of-work Cajun Marine guy playing Chance Brudreau, and she ropes him in into she ropes him into uh, looking for the mystery surrounding her dad, and they uncover this secret organization that are hunting people. And the hunted becomes the hunter, and the other way around, I guess. <laughs> the hunters hunter become the hunted. The hunters become the hunted. It's in the commercial because it's, right. it's Van Damme. Yes, your basic, you know, most dangerous game uh, setup of uh, hunting humans. Uh, I'm going to start with Rugs. Yeah. Rugs, start us off on this movie. All right. So uh, I saw this when I was like a kid. I was like maybe like just out of high school. At this point in time, Jean-Claude Van Damme was just shitting out movies like he had fucking movie diarrhea. He was just <laughs> making movies like nonstop. And I think he did Street Fighter after this. Did he? I'm not sure. So he's making movies. Uh, tons of movies, and uh, this is like the, like the fifth or sixth Jean Claude Van Damme movie that I've seen, and uh, this is the first time where uh, I felt like uh, it was like almost a bordering on parody of like of like Jean Claude Van Damme, and uh, John Woo. I, even though I had seen probably heard of the killer at this point or seen the killer at this point mm-hmm. by John Woo. And uh, and hard boiled like th- those movies were were in my sphere because uh, I hung out with some people who were really into movies back in those days. Um, I had not seen it with an American cast, with an American feel, with all of that stuff, and so I was down for this movie when I went to go see it, and I literally forgot how hilarious it was until I watched it again. I. There was time I fell off of my couch onto the floor. <laughs> I threw shit at my TV. It's not I a bellowed comedy. loudly. <laughs> I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, how did I not do Like, I remember being in the theater and like being like, all right, this is pretty cool. Louis. He's got some contrive action. I'm like, whatever. But like, like now, I think it's because movies have gotten so conventional and so like whatever. Like this thing just. Is just ridiculous. It's a fucking ridiculous film. Um, I, I find, there's so many things I could talk about, but like we yeah. have to just address the the mullet first cause, because because oh. uh, oh, Anthony, I don't want to step all over you because you got, <laughs> I know you got shit to say, but yeah, go for but it. But like the opening shot 
when the first time you see Van Damme, you don't yeah. see his face. No, you, you see, see his close-ups. fucking mullet. Yeah, they the, like yes. zoom in with like a pan yes. to the back of his head. It's his mullet, then like his earring and his jaw, and then like his eyes. He's eating all gumbo. these close-up shots. He's yeah, eating gumbo. Yeah. So I'm like, this movie, Jawa was like, I want you to see the mullet. You know, I don't know. That's my, no, I don't even know. It's not even an Asian accent. I think it's, I, th- I don't think I think so. I think I John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I think I just yeah. did John Claude Van Damme as John Woo. <laughs> John Woo. Yes. So, uh. Continue. Yeah. So, uh, I feel like even John Woo thought the mullet was something worth, uh, Or Van Damme convinced him to shoot the mullet. Always be shooting the mullet. Yeah. So, uh, I think. The mullet is just as big of a star in this film as Van Damme. Oh, it's a character. Yeah. It's a character. The way it flows. There are so many things you could talk about. Like, how many flips does he do in this movie? Oh, my God. He's constantly flipping. He's flipping over things. He's flipping while things are exploding. Through fire, (laughs) over cars. Oh, it's amazing. There's so many great John Woo things. Uh, Anthony, opening thoughts. Uh, I find this is a great introduction to American audiences to John Woo's style. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Face Off, and and this is obviously very, very similar. You have doves, you have a lot of slow motion, you have uh, Mexican standoffs, you have the back-to-back scene with Jean-Claude and Pete Van Cleef, played by Arnold Vosloh. Uh, you have Henriksen and Arnold Oslo are great villains in this. Great villains, great bad guys. Van Dam is is you know Van Dam. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, barely said him. anything. Yeah, yeah. You got. I mean, it's like Rug said. It's pretty ridiculous. You got him punching a snake. Oh. Yeah. You got him. You got him. Like doing, he's shooting people. He's like flipping and then shooting people. And after all, they've already been shot before they fall down. He roundhouse kicks yeah. them in the face. <laughs> he, he, he empties a clip. He empties yeah. like, like there, there's unlimited fucking ammo in this movie. Like yeah. he's oh, yeah. Nobody he, 40 rounds into a guy yeah. and then he'll kick him and roundhouse kick him. Like, it's just, yeah, he will it's kick just, a, he'll, it's so ridiculous. He'll kick a gas can up and shoot it. Like, and it will send the guy through like, the window. Face off is so much more restrained than this. Face off was so much more like, played they tried to ground it somewhat this says like none of that there's like no grounding this movie this movie is fucking insanity it's got the john woo tracking shots of weapons of arrows right he uh he holds a gun upside down with one hand while he hits the he'll trigger show you the something hand. from three angles three times yes he's shooting <laughs> he's jumping and shooting with one gun two guns explosions behind him he's swinging and shooting and i love that when you jump through the uh, a room through the window as a grenade is being thrown past you just He's done time. all of these things in other movies, John Woo. Sliding on your back under a table and shooting up. Like, this is all classic John Woo. There's Doves some strange and birds cuts for in no this movie. Oh, he talks to a pigeon in this movie. Yes. Why do <laughs> yeah. birds like Chance Boudreaux? It's sitting on his shoulder. It's very strange. <laughs> he gets mad. Yeah, I, I, he gets mad when someone shoots I, the birds. I read that. Uh, I forgot that. That he it was pigeons. Yes. He, I read that he wanted to use the doves, but he thought the pigeons would work better because they were more of the the the, the, the location yeah yeah apparently Wu had a really tough time filming this because yeah. he couldn't really speak english yes yeah and he found that van damme was you know it was at this point full-on ego yeah but he he uh he also saw that van damme wanted to like do the spectacular shit yeah. so he, he like respected the way that van damme worked because he could work with him like he though he had a big ego it says he had a pretty big ego but he's still professional and always tries to do a good job so like it was almost like a 
like a perfect, um, like one of the uh, one of the better pairings you could have for yeah, John Woo. You throw in Van Dam, who can do the the thing, the martial arts aspect of it, and it, it almost like it, it's not perfect in the sense of Nick Cage and Travolta. I think that's a more perfect, where it's just so they're so over the top. But Van Dam's a little more grounded. He just looks over the top. <laughs> if, if that makes sense, like he can't, he can't, yeah. he can't be like super boisterous but he looks like well his yeah. acting ability doesn't allow for him to be a character but no. as an agent of death like <laughs> there's no totally way terrible. this like you you could take face off but there's no way that john travolta or nick cage is emptying five clips into people <laughs> then roundhouse kicking them a cigar out of their mouth <laughs> and then firing a gun like under upside down <laughs> like while I mean, he's some of the, it. dude some of the i mean it is they're contrived action but this is the the art of john woo it's some of the most amazing contrived action you're ever can gonna see can we talk about one particular shot of course we yeah. can because like this movie's fresh in my mind i just saw it and i laughed i so uncontrollably <laughs> but there's one scene where like john john claude van damme is on a motorcycle yeah, oh, yeah. this he's, is the best. He's got to crash the motorcycle into the car, but he's got to stand on the motorcycle first and yes. shoot a gun at the same time into the car before yes. it slams in and obviously explodes. But um, the stunt man, his shirt is so puffy. It's I full. was going to say that when it cuts <laughs> to the yep. wide shot, Stay puff marshmallow. Yeah, man. when it's the wide <laughs> shot of the stunt man riding the bike, his shirt's all inflated, and then it cuts to John Woo, and he's no, clearly John, John, going, John Claude, I mean John Claude. He's clearly not going as fast. The shank's barely yeah, moving. Yeah, he's like barely moving. Yes. And then it cuts back to the stunt guy and it's just like poof. So that stunt is still so great because, you know, he notices the gas tank is leaking. He jumps, crashes the car into the truck, does a somersault over the truck, turns around. He lands on his feet. <laughs> he lands pretty much lands on his feet, the stunt guy. And he kind of tumbles, turns around, shoots the motorcycle, so it explodes. And then the best part of the whole movie is Jean-Claude Van Damme going, yeah, with his fucking bullet in the air. I'm like, what is that? What was that expression? He just got off on it. Well, what also is funny too it's is amazing. he's. It just makes no sense. He stands on the yes. motorcycle going full speed, where the car's firing at him, and yeah. it's like you're making yourself just the biggest target yeah. in the world. Nobody's hitting you're not anybody. at all the heart. You're actually an easy target, soft target, pun intended. Uh, uh. And it just seems it. It just works. Like he, he, you just watch it and you go, "This makes no goddamn sense." No, but damn, that's entertaining. It's so that's the thing is, I love. I mean, John Woo. You know, he kind of created this gun fu. That's what you love in John Wick. It all comes, from, and you see John Woo influence in a lot of movies. Uh, still, one we'll talk about later. And what are we watching? John Woo all over the place. Uh, you know, I think I, even S- Snyder's slow mos are that's John Woo. There's something John about like John Claude doing this that makes it funnier. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. if you watch Chow Yun Fat do this shit, you're not it's laughing. Badass. Yeah, you're just thinking it's more yeah. badass than than, yeah. than than laughable. I mean, you're like still going, holy shit, what the fuck are they doing? But it's funny because it's like so absurd. It's it's absurd to the point of like just being like inconceivable. You're like, holy shit. I mean, he is on horseback shooting a helicopter with a shotgun accurately. There's no way you're making a fucking shot. Meanwhile, the helicopter is shooting back and like fireworks are going off on the ground. Like, wh- why is there fireworks? I don't understand. Can I ask you this? Sparks. Like at the end of the movie, uh, when Lance Hangerson, Lance, Her- Lance Hangerson, Herrickson, how the Get fuck do you say his name? <laughs> Lance Henriksen. 
Yes. He's on fire. He's on fire. A lot he's of people fine. on fire. He's fine. Yeah, by the way, by the way, that's a real thing. He actually caught on fire and they left it on the moon. Yeah. That, oh, that wasn't planned because that was no. him on fire. His jacket. That he's was like he, he just he stayed in character and Holy took off. Holy shit! Wow, that was a great really? stunt. That's so a great stunt. Fire, and then he fights John Claude Van Damme. Does John Claude Van Damme put a grenade in him in his pants? Out his pants, and, but and then he, he kicks does him he die at that point? Or does he come back? No, he ex- he he pulls out the grenade and he diffuses it. Oh, and he yes. thinks he thinks he got it, and then you see a spark, and he goes, "Oops!" And then he blows up, and you All see right, yeah, okay. guts and shit blow up. <laughs> so yeah, grenade down the pants, man explodes. He uh, Lance Henriksen has a great line where he just goes to the guy, "You are a fucking buffalo," just for no reason, and uh, it's hilarious. That guy that. That Jean Claude Van Damme kicks the cigar out of his mouth. What the fuck is up with his shirt? What was he wearing? It, it was like a red shirt, red and white and black shirt. That was just. It was one of the uh, loudest fucking the, crazy. The dudes hunting him that he got. Yeah, one of the people that would pay to hunt him. I want that shirt. I want to get not that shirt. Forget about <laughs> how much. Jo- like the movie just becomes joyful when fucking Wilford Brimley, his Uncle Duvet, shows up and he's just like, Chance. Chance, you come to visit me, Chance. Yeah, his whole and entire dude, house is blown up now. Everything. He blows up his own house. And then the shot of him on horseback with a bow and arrow with explosions behind him, I was like, I want to see a movie about Uncle Duvet being a badass. Like, he's <laughs> fucking badass with that bow and arrow. I love Wilfred Brimley. Do you know that there's like a, a, a another cut of this film? There is a longer, more violent cut because... Yeah, they, they, had, a, they had the MPAA really forced... Are universal. Yeah, dozens of cuts to get it to an R rating. So somewhere out there, there is, I want to see this more violent cut. A little more backstory that I learned about this. Apparently, the producer, the writer, and Jean-Claude Van Damme flew to Hong Kong to convince John Woo to do this movie. And Woo agrees, except Universal wasn't sure about Woo directing the movie. And they sent Sam Raimi down to set, speaking of Sam Raimi again, to hang out, getting ready to take over. If something goes bad and Raimi becomes one of John Woo's biggest defenders, he's an executive producer on the movie. There is a Ted Raimi cameo. Did you guys catch Ted Raimi? No. Uh, no. And it's that it's where um the dude that got his buddy who gets hunted who escapes from the cemetery, he ends up on Bourbon Street and he's oh, the, uh, the, the the military vet, the guy that was like who knew her father oh, yeah. they went to, and then he takes the gig, right? And you learn yeah. about the ten thousand dollars and the belt. He's on Bourbon Street asking for help, and he asks, and one of the people he harasses is Ted Raimi. And the guy's like, get off. And then just the fact that they're chasing down this dude in the middle of Bourbon Street is ridiculous because and they there's blow nobody him away around there. They're like, dude, they blow him they, they blow him they away. They make him Swiss cheese. It was they like shoot so that violent. guy. They shoot Poe in the head in broad daylight, and there's just nobody around. And I'm like, where the fuck is everybody? I love the setting in New Orleans because I'm having just visited there in 2020. It still looks a lot like that. Just visited. That's two that years, two years ago. ago, I guess. Can we talk about? Can we talk about? Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. One thing, but before you get into your, your your one, you talk what you want to talk about. My running, just the New Orleans thing. Yeah, my running favorite thing about rewatching Jean Claude Van Damme movies is how they explain away the fact that he has an accent. Yes. He's an American action yeah. hero, <laughs> and I think this is one of the better ones. It where they're works. like, "Well, he's Cajun." It kind of works here. Like, you yeah, it's not it, like, like even oh, though he doesn't talk like that. Like, not like a Double Impact, where there's no conceivable way he should have a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> like they. 
Yeah, this one makes some sense. Like he's Cajun. Because the other, the other one was hard. The one I was thinking about was Hard Target, where they're like, "This is Hard Target." He's he's American. He's an American firefighter, but he has accent. They go, death "Well, warrant. he's French Canadian." Yeah. Death warrant. What's that? You said Sudden Hard Target. Death. The, so, oh, sudden death. Sudden oh, death. Sorry. Okay. Sudden death. Yes. Yeah. In that one, he's a French, they say he's yeah. French Canadian. Yeah. So the, that kind of works. I love. I love the way they have to explain away his accent. Jump it in. Death warrant. Sudden death. Hard target. <laughs> Lots of. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite lines. And there's a couple of like you know uh, questionable lines that didn't age well. A couple of homophobic lines. But when he goes, take your big stick and your boyfriend and find the bus to catch. <laughs> the guy is just so funny. Makes no sense. What about when the uh, the fat guy, oh, the overweight yeah. guy that is um, the I think he, he hires these the marine guys to hand out flyers of girls, yeah, flyers, flyers of women, to pimp girls, yeah. And uh, the guys, the guy has part of his ears cut off, and yeah. he's getting a massage. And then Jean Claude Van Damme yes. comes up behind him and yes. interrogates him by starts like pushing his neck into the fucking <laughs> massage chair. It's great. It's so great. Ah! <laughs> and then they just blow his head off in daylight. What? Uh, a couple other things that didn't make sense to me in the beginning, after they kill the first guy, Binder, her father, who's the writer, the dude mm-hmm. closes his eyes with his booted foot. I was like, I don't understand. He puts his fucking foot over his eyes, and then that's how he closes his eyes. That's be badass. Let's do it. And oh. why did the lady take the lit candle when she was singing herself and just put it in the drawer? She puts a fucking cupcake with a lit candle just in the drawer. <laughs> like, like, how dumb do you have to be? To like, do what are you that? doing? Just put it out. What are you doing? And nothing <laughs> catches on fire. I was like, what the fuck is going <laughs> You're on? You're an idiot. Why? Yeah. Why? And that's and a police also, officer. Chance visits the crime scene and finds an important piece of evidence that the cops completely just missed was the other dog tag. I was like, they didn't find that. There's no tape anywhere. I don't understand what's going on. I like how he had that realization that there's two dog tags. He talked to the bird because of the bird showed up. (laughs) Like for some reason, he could telepathically (laughs) talk to birds in this. Yeah, the bird gave him the clue. The bird knew. It makes no sense. He's got like the secret power. It's bird man. Another thing is, I like how Yancey Butler shows up in a freaking blue IROC. In a blue oh Camaro. yeah, that car's awesome. Yeah, the fucking IROC. And that number. first intro of like, yeah, of course the guys are gonna go and shake her down, and Jean Claude's gotta come out like kicking the guy in the I face. Love, I love that first fight. Like, he he like he like moves his jacket like he's in a fucking western, and his he doesn't yes. have a gun. He just has feet it's of fury. His <laughs> yes, his leg is the deadly weapon. He's the deadly well, what, weapon. How about the fact that he's wearing a full on trench coat and it's got to be like it's New Orleans. ninety degrees yes, in New Orleans at that point? All the time. He's just wearing that's that a John Wood trench coat. That's a John Wood. Yeah, trench yeah. coat. A lot, a lot, a lot also, of John. Also, Woodley. you just you know you get the girl shaking the guy shaking down the hot girl and then the slapping her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you just get the full misogyny right off the bat they were supposed to have like a like a romance or a romance but they 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 it didn't need it i'm glad they did of course that yes uh, i can always do for a nice little sex scene with john claude <laughs> let's see i need <laughs> to show off my bot cheeks <laughs> i've been working out i mean the rattlesnake <laughs> scene is also another oh i don't understand why scene. he bit the fucking thing off why? because he then he set the the snake as a trap so they, it wouldn't rattle yeah so they wouldn't know they wouldn't hear it and, the, and they he, wouldn't hear it yeah. rattling when it got close the only what i don't understand about that is why does he think the snake would just stay there <laughs> I did, and, and attack like, the, the birds bird, once. the bird yes. told me what to tell the snake <laughs> yes yeah, you can talk to animals he's yes, got to do I little over here this fucking guy. <laughs> this pig told me where to go. Come on, Uncle Duvet. I mean, that, that last scene at the end, it's just so insane that he's he's 
he takes out like 50 guys. I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah. like commando it's style. Great. But he's doing it in a, it's first it's a it's an abandoned steel mill, steel mill, and then it's an abandoned Mardi Gras, uh, Mardi Gras yeah. float thing. Great. Like so it turns great. into that. It's, it's like two different abandoned things. Yes. That's why I love like New Orleans. It also becomes a character in the movie. Like it's very New Orleans. Uh, yes. And then the line, you know, he's got great lines. But how does it feel to be hunted? And then before he <laughs> drops the grenade down, he goes, hunting season is over. And puts the grenade <laughs> in the guy's pants. Yes. It's got <laughs> everything. The bad guys are sufficiently bad, right? They're like, you got two good bad guys. Lance Henriksen. Henriksen and the, oh. and the other guy, yeah. Arno Vosloor yeah. are great. They're like legitimate, like legitimately you want to see them get their ass kicked because there's a, there's a sense of like they can intimidate you. Yes, they were I definitely. Vosloor hand, I forget who cuts off parts of the guy's ear. Yeah. Yeah, with I think scissors. Was, I think it was late. Yeah, yes. with scissors. I mean, Voslo's great. Yeah. I I really like I like their back to back scene. Back to back scene. Him and John Claude more off. than I like Travolta's and yeah. Cage. Yeah, the back to back and then turn around because, and shoot and miss. simply because both of them have accents <laughs> and they're both foreign as shit and, <laughs> and badass. I like the I like the way, the fact that they're both these foreign guys talking shit to one another. <laughs> he's got back a to weird back. accent. Yeah, Voslo. He, he's South. The guy's South African. Well, he's South African. Yeah. Van Cleef. Yeah. He has that line after he cuts that. He goes, "Like have to come back. I cut a steak next time. I cut a steak." Yeah. Uh, and and in a way, you can kind of see this as like if you really want to take a subtle commentary on like the treatment of military veterans and social yeah. and the failing of social services uh, as they were using. These There's guys. that. There is that aspect. Like, if you really want to dig for it, it's there. Yeah. But if you want to watch this as a surface level action movie, it, it's all there as well. One of the things I also uh, enjoy is the all denim Jean Claude Van Damme oh, outfit. The denim oh shirt God. is fantastic. Like denim shirt, jeans, Canadian tuxedo. So yeah, Canadian. Chuck Norris <laughs> was like, "Yes, I like this. <laughs> like, I can respect this." This denim. Like, Chuck Norris goes, "Man, my na- my ass never looked as good yeah. like that." In <laughs> He, what makes it more than service level two is the fact that it's John Woo, right? Yeah. Like, there's a ton of these '80s, '90s action movies that are similar in terms of action and it just being a 90 minute movie. But you throw in the John Woo isms, what you said, the the 15 different shots it's, of one yes, scene, the style, the weird. Yeah. The, there's one scene where they just zoom in on Van Damme's eyes before yes, he's about to do I something. <laughs> the pigeons, the yes. back to backs, the then you throw like who's I wonder. Who it, it, like you get the perfect combination of Wu going shoot him fifty times and then Jean Claude goes, but I want the roundhouse kick him in the face. <laughs> so you get the perfect combination of both of those guys. Like Nicholas Cage adds the insanity, yeah. but you're not getting that physicality that Jean Claude brings. The other story I read was like John Wu was really excited to work on a Hollywood movie because he got more resources that he's not used to in in China and Hong Kong. Mm. So there was tons of cameras, but apparently. Van Damme wanted him to add a, another camera that was always focusing on his biceps, specifically his arm muscles. He wanted a bicep cam, and John Woo has said he did shoot that. He just had never ended up using any of it. No, didn't no? There's a bicep thing at the end, there's, right? Oh, when, he, when he they like do a slow pan of his like arms. Oh, when he's at like the end. he's yeah, he's doing he's like raging out or something. I think in yeah. that last battle. <laughs> so maybe he did, but Van like. A lot of this, I think, is Van Damme going, shoot my hair, shoot my arm. Does right? it like and Van Damme like stop uh, like a two by four on fire and just hold it? Oh, yeah, it? he's holding it and his <laughs> hand doesn't catch on fire and then he just breaks through it and the thing's on fire. He's fucking badass. Oh, yeah. this. Well, I, I also great. read that Wu, Wu wanted to shoot things from all different angles yeah. 
and Amer- like at first they were like well, we don't do it like yeah, this. yeah like, we don't yeah. you don't need this many angles of yeah. stuff and he had to like communicate somehow like this would work the other difference he he encountered he is he said in uh in hong kong the in that industry the director is like the final say he he gets the last word the last cut he is everything whereas here he thought it was interesting that van damme the star gets uh mm. get some input he gets final cut producers get final cut so more resources less a little bit less control compared to what he was used to he also wanted kurt russell initially to be in Whoa. this there, kurt russell you would never busy. get the amount of physicality that you got with van damme you would never you'd get a cool i think you'd get a a cooler guy in a different aspect like the the one-liners i think would be like the guy would be much smoother whereas van damme's physical charisma and his look is what's carried. I think it would have been more okay the difference between this and a lot of John Woo movies is that Chow Young Fad and everybody that he usually has in his movies are not typically like guys who do like flying roundhouse kicks and you know that type of karate shit they just usually just shooting the shit out of each other with guns so Mm. in this aspect I think you're getting something that you wouldn't normally see in a John Woo film, which I think that's what makes this movie a little bit special is that you do have these two freight trains colliding. You got the Van Damme train of just like accents and mullets and denim jeans and flying kicks and biceps and, you know, whatever. And then you got the, on the other side, you just got, we're going to shoot everything a thousand times. And we're going to just do all we're doing all the greatest hits from like hard boiled and the killer. We're going to throw them all in there for you. It is all his greatest hits. And just like American shooting yeah, all that. Yeah. It's just America. Hollywood hadn't seen it. Ever, the Chinese audience. Yeah. Seen it. After going through this John Woo little spree with hard target and face off. Yeah. I haven't seen the the one. What was it? What was the one in the middle? Broken Arrow? Miss, Broken Arrow. Yes. Mission Impossible 2 and Broken and then, Arrow. Yes. yes. What, what What I wanted to say is. I wish all the '80s, '90s guys got one movie with John Woo. Right? I wish. Yes. I wish Schwartz. I oh wish Stallone. I wish even Seagal. I like yeah. everybody. I Brandon Lee. I wish they all would have got one movie. With everybody John Woo, should just have to gone see, through there. Yes. Everyone should have got a John Woo experience <laughs> because he this his style is like it 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 enhances the whoever it, it, is the leader. It makes the movie. At least five times more memorable. Right? When yeah. you, when you when throw you in watch, John Woo stuff, I think I really like. It's the worst Mission Impossible movie, but it's also the best mm-hmm. Mission Impossible movie because it's <laughs> not a Mission Impossible. It's a John Woo movie. Right. Uh, Is that part two? Yeah, Mission Impossible yeah. 2. There's, mm-hmm. You got pigeons. You got fucking <laughs> everything's got everything. being shot a thousand times. There's fucking So let me ask you violence. this. W- would you consider this a Van Damme movie or a John Woo movie? Or is it both? Oh, it's a Van Woo movie. Mm. Is it a Van Woo movie? I, I, I was going to say, I think it's... I think it leans more John Woo, but I think there's an argument to be made that it, it is almost the perfect blend of both. It kind of is. It, that's why, like you Which said. I keep they, harping on yeah. it, but in Rug said it too, but unloading a clip and roundhouse kicking someone in the face, I, I, I'd i never seen that in my yeah, fucking right? life. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Just like fucking gun food. The amount of flips that, that are done, the amount of roundhouse kicks that are done after someone's already been shot a thousand times, it's just... It's just excess. It's just like we're not even trying to fucking be real. We're just fucking going to the nth degree. And and it is it is kind of incredible, like just how 
like you're watching it and you can't even believe what you're seeing. You, I, I had to laugh. I had to laugh out loud. I had like, I couldn't even stay still in my seat. Cause I was just like, Oh my God. It's so fun. Is this a top five Van Damme movie? Like, is it up there? Oh, whatever for sure. Place, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's gotta be, I'd have to look at the, 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 um, the list, the list, but I mean, it's gotta be up there. It's crazy because at the time these movies were coming out, I was watching a lot of Jackie Chan. I was watching a lot of John Woo. And there was just a lot of this like contrived action shit coming out. And so this kind of got lost. But now that I have a lot of perspective on it and I haven't seen shit like this in a while, I just remember how incredibly crazy it was. Like that it's just brazen. Like there's no, I mean, they're just like, yeah, that's a great word. Like they're just like, we're fucking doing it. And you're just like, are you serious? And you're just, all right, I'm either along for the ride or I'm not. And I think that that's kind of fun, a fun experience when we've been kind of like having these kind of like mediocre or very like bland films, like to see something that's just not bland. It's fun. That's why the John Wicks are and they, they just don't make movies like yeah. this anymore. Yeah, yeah. They, they just they don't they don't they don't they don't even this movie is going straight to, to Amazon or even like right? less yeah. at this point. Even then, like even like Netflix, you throw, but there's always like a weird hook or something yeah. on that. Like you just don't get an action movie for the sake of being an action movie. And I, what I was pausing on when you guys were talking is it made 74 in 74 million in 1993. Yeah. The equivalent to that now with inflation, yeah. that would have made $152 million. Oh, that's a solid movie. Time. If you be yeah. so, which would that be? That's a fucking hit, yeah. especially for yeah. a, a non, a non uh, IP movie. Yeah. Like this movie did really freaking well. I uh, yeah, I mean it's I just I've always loved John Woo's St- style. Uh, Van Damme was was that was the tier right below Stallone and Schwarzenegger, yeah. but he wasn't too shabby at the box office. No, no, he was right behind them. Uh, I also found this really interesting video on YouTube. Apparently, rare footage. The video I linked it in here. It's called Jean Claude Van Damme presents the moving camera. For hard target, and it's a little, and there's a little message from Van Dam. I'll play because it's hilarious. But it's a little behind the scenes look at uh, they were testing camera rigs, and back in '93 they had like a first person camera on a guy riding a motorcycle. They were using drone cameras, on, like flying cameras that were uh, controlled. And then there's this crazy rig. It's like a zip line with two camera operators sitting on it, flying by along with the motorcycle, like a lot of shit ahead of its time. And then let's just hear. Yeah, there's a fucking drone camera. Back then, he's using drone cameras to shoot a lot of this footage. Uh, and then here is Van Dam. Okay, okay, hold on. Here is Van Dam's message. Let's see what he says. No way to get the shot? Not a problem. With machines like these, we can move the camera in new and even more exciting ways. That's <laughs> okay. it. message. But it's a fun. It's a fun look at behind the scenes of like how they were. Uh, you know, inventing new ways to fly this camera around. You see it. You see it in this movie. It's it's pretty dynamic. Yeah, it's it's just. Uh, I I watched it a few weeks ago on my Van Dam spree, and I I came out of that going, that was a lot of fun. It's that it was, is it that is, was a good time. It is a fun. It's just a fun movie on rewatch. Uh, endlessly fun. There was a sequel in 2016. Don't worry about that one. The less about that one. About it. The better Scott Adkins, I think. Oh, wait, if it doesn't yeah, have John Woo in it, then the, if it was Scott Ad- Adkins and John Scott Woo, Adkins, maybe I would watch it. But. I think it was straight to video. 
It was not yeah. John Wu. It was some other director, but yeah, Scott. Or even the Wu Tang, just a Wu involved. <laughs> if there's any Wu Method Man, maybe yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Old dirty bastard. All right. Uh, lots of fun. Let's rate this movie, Anthony. What would you give it? You guys almost make me want to give it a higher rating than I initially gave <laughs> it, but I'm going to stick with the rating I gave it originally yeah. just because it's. I haven't seen it as recently as you guys, but I had it at a seven and a half. Okay. No, that's, yeah. a, that's a good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, you guys almost convinced me to make it an eight or an eight and a half, but uh, yeah, seven and a half out of ten. I think it's definitely... Uh, a top five Van Damme movie. If I had to just spit them out right now, I'd probably go in no particular order. Uh, Bloodsport, uh, Universal Soldier, Hard Target, Time Cop, and uh, maybe Kickboxer. Well, but okay, yeah. That could change. Solid top five uh, there. there. There's some there's some really solid Van Damme movies. But yeah, this is, this is a lot of fun. I think I like, if I'm comparing it to Face Off, Face Off is a, a bit more iconic just because of the premise and some of the lines, like the line, I think the lines there are more uh, memorable than in in. Hard I think it Target. gels better as a film too. It just, yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. But I think Hard Target is just one of those where you re- watch, you watch it, and I go, man, I wish I can't believe I never saw this. <laughs> yes, it is a must watch. Yeah, uh, it is also part of our '90s action movie tournament. So this is it is in the tournament. So that's great. We got to do this. Great. Yeah, uh, rugs. What would you give it? I, I wouldn't give it a seven, um, but in my heart, it's like a 11 some, in some ways because just in the way – how incredulous it is. Just like how much fucking not giving any fucks. Like John Woo was like, I'm, yeah, we're just doing it. Yeah, John Claude wants to fuck a roundhouse kick somebody after he empties a clip. Let's let him do it like 10 times. Yeah. Like, yeah, no problem. Fire? Yeah, All he right. can do whatever he Flip wants. Fire. Let's just yes. do it. And it's funny. And- Yes, and shoot accurately as you're landing from your backflip through the fire in the air. <laughs> I'm going to give it an eight, man. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Face Off is great, primarily because you got Nick Cage acting fucking all crazy. But this is a great intro for American audiences into John Woo's style. And you see his influence on action movies to this day. Uh, just always love the John Woo. And uh, uh, yeah, I think he got noticed because I think the killer was playing in some film festivals and then people started noticing him and he was he just finished hard-boiled before this which is another great movie uh but yeah if you like this you i check out the chow young fat john woo movies where definitely you got, you got him sliding down a railing holding a baby shooting like a hundred <laughs> dudes it's amazing he's holding a baby the baby's fine uh so crazy shit like that that yeah it's an eight for me it's just fucking fun movie. Everybody should watch Hard they're Target. They're enjoyable films. Like yeah. they're they're ridiculous. You can't you can't take them seriously at all. Ralph Bravo, great pick. Thank you pick. for uh, your support. Also helped us because you got these guys to watch this movie because they yeah it killed our, uh, two birds tournament. Yeah, One you got them to do the homework. Yes, yeah, so uh, definitely. At great some to- point, we're gonna have to set a date for that. I 90s know tournament. we said that last you gotta, week. You Somebody talk to. Baladi on the side and figure out right. when we can do this right. in November or December. Yes. It's we're gonna push it back a little bit, but it'll give me <laughs> a chance to catch up uh too. I should put the list out. Maybe I'll put the list out of the movies in the in our Facebook group so everybody can see it. Speaking of the nation, let's do a news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs>
It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Uh, Ruggs, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but Nick Shev posted this comment. Anyone else hear about Sam Raimi directing Blade? Is this for real or is this just another motherfucker trying to ice skate uphill? I don't know, but you just told me about John Woo. They just had Sam Raimi hanging Sam around. They had Sam Raimi hang around so in case the John Woo. They just Woo said did. Sam Raimi, like, yes. to just fucking base it. no faith. The, the studio had no faith in the John Woo. And Raimi's like, this guy knows what he's doing. And he fucking fully supported him. I mean, uh, he's in the stable now. And he's a good horror director, he's not real, I guess. I don't know what he's working on now, but I think that Raimi should be making that fucking Xena movie. And, like, let's get on that shit. Completely. Let's go. But um, uh, he would be cool for this. Uh, Blade, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd like to see somebody who's a little bit more on a serious tip. But um, Raimi could pull it off. He's good at scaring the shit out of people. I like that Raimi is in the MCU. But, uh, you know, and they pull from within when these things happen. They'll find someone. But I don't know who. But after that music battle in Doctor Strange, with the notes, with the note, come on, there's musical uh, notes. I'm worried. I'm a little bit worried about uh, <laughs> old Raimi. What do you think, Anthony? Can Sam Raimi doing Blade, or you want somebody else? Uh, I think the name that I got saw thrown out there that is completely unrealistic was Guillermo del Toro. I thought about him, but he already no way. did a Blade. Yeah, yeah, he he, he did, did the Blade. second one, right? Yep, yeah, he did Blade yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't say I want Raimi doing it. I, I like. I like Raimi. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it fits. Fits the tone. His his tone doesn't fit. It, I don't even really think it fit Doctor Strange too, to be honest. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely doesn't think. I don't think it fits Blade. Maybe the guy who directed this Werewolf by Night that'll be out later this week. We will review it next week. We'll see how he does. Maybe maybe he's got the the taste for it. Uh, but they'll get somebody. But this is again bad news for Blade. Uh, and then the, the yeah, other Adam Wingard. Adam, he's busy with Godzilla versus no, King kidding. Kong too, or something. Uh, the other comment I have is from listener group member Rodney Simon. This will roll into what are we watching? He says after finally watching She Hulk, it hit me that we are watching the origin of the MCU West Coast Avengers. Who will be on that team? Oh, that's a silver lining. That could happen. <laughs> Maybe that could that could amount to something with this show. Then, hmm. uh, it's a good question. Like maybe they're setting up for that. Are, and are they on the West Coast? I forget. I don't even know. The, uh, sh- is she in California? No, Where does it York, take place? Is it New York? She's in New York. Yeah. No, oh, I think. Maybe. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know where sure. they are. I think is it L.A. I don't even know. I it's it's so like that's the how West bad Coast. the show is. I don't even know where it takes place. Okay, let's just get into what are we watching. Uh, <laughs> let's start with She Hulk. Who had? Do we want to do the shows or things? Do we want to start with the shows and then we'll end with things other things besides the shows? Yes. Excuse me. Yes. It took me two two minutes to say something we, so yes, simple. Yes. We will start start with the shows because there's a lot of shows. Everybody watched the right. new She Hulk, right? I did. Yes. So uh, Jen gets caught up in a, uh, Emil Blonsky's retreat where he's trying to help uh, bad guys center themselves and come to peace. And I thought this episode was a little bit... Be- oh, spoilers, sorry. Spoilers for everything we're going to talk spoilers about. Spoilers for everything. For everything. I thought it was a little bit better than last week. There was a little heart, a little more emotion. Like, she comes to revelation about her character. And I I loved the supporting cast, fucking Manbull and El Aguila and fucking Porcupine, where he's like, that's Porcupine, he's a Porcupine. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. It was hilarious. What'd you guys think this week? Uh, better or not? I think the jokes worked a little bit better in this one, but it, yeah. it's just marginally better. Like I, this show is like, um, there's two more left now. I think 
the show is kind yeah. of like fizzling out as far as interest for me. Uh, I think I've seen everything that we need to see, and I don't know what else is in the tank for the show. Like, what's well, we got to find out who these uh, incels are? I guess. Yeah, we still don't know who the bad guy is, or who's hunting her, or if they're actually hunting her. But we do know that dude, Josh. I was. Did anybody? Was anybody thought he was shady to begin with? Because he ended up. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, for shady. sure. Yeah, Anthony, what'd you think? A better this week? Well, first off, kudos to he's. I think he's a Filipino, so that's. Ah. I'll, I'll pull an Imran and go. be like, I love that guy. Yeah. That guy's yeah. great. <laughs> that guy, anything that guy stars in, we should talk about. He's your new guy. I don't even know what his name is. He's that. He's my guy. I don't know his name, but he's my guy. Uh, yeah, this show, this episode was was better. I did find the when he t- when Porcupine takes off his mask, and everyone's <laughs> like, dude, what the hell? It smells like I that was kind of funny. Yes. The episode. I mean, this is Marvel's sitcom. It's very sitcommy. This is all kind of in line with what they're trying to do. The only thing that I was kind of bothered by is the fact that she just is next to the one of the wrecking crew people. Yeah. And and she gets mad and throws him and then she like doesn't talk to him about, "Hey, why the hell were you attacking me?" Right. Why didn't you I don't know if she remembers that they were trying to take her blood, but yeah. like she's just so cool with just sitting there next to him after like, whatever. We're, that incident. We're friends now. We're buds. Yeah, it was just kind of strange. I didn't even know like why he's there. I just it just that that whole part of that episode didn't was was strange as fuck. So yeah, we're 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 here where we're at, and I think the show I liked it better in the beginning. I I don't think it was as bad as last week's. But yeah, we got two more episodes. Trevor left, Salter so. is that dude's name who played Josh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't hate the show. I just I kind of just watch the show. It just kind of I I get I'm glazed over. I don't yeah. hate it either, but like I feel like it's. I don't know what it want. Like it does it want me to like the show? Does it want me to care about the show? I feel like it's it does it's just doing whatever it's doing and it's not trying to be good. It's just doing what it wants to do. And I'm like, well, if you're it's a Marvel show. It's in the Marvel universe. It should feel like um I don't know. It's a comic book show. Shouldn't it feel like superhero-y to some degree like she's a superhero like i don't know it's weird so charlie cox listed here in two episodes it's got to be hmm. the next two episodes oh. we're gonna get some kind of daredevil because i think Hopefully there's, there's only- a nice little boost from yeah charlie you know Hopefully. i thought that was really funny though is that uh, there was an ad that was released by marvel that said and i know it has to do with the show because there's the insults that hate she hulk in the show but it's obviously <laughs> meta yeah. because yeah. you're talking about incels in the real world yeah, yeah. And it says, yeah, it, some stuff is not made for you, incels. And then my thought was, guys who get laid don't like this either. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, it, you know, either way, you're getting laid or you're not. Whatever. You, yeah. you know, uh, you, you're, the opinions are still, uh, you know, they have weight. <laughs> uh, all right. That's She-Hulk. Uh, let's talk about Andor. Anthony, did you watch the new episode? Season. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Rugs, you watched well, it? Well, not of course, but I did. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So I was wrong about the time jumps between every three episodes, but I believe there's like three episode arcs. So this is, it ends really abruptly in the middle of a thing, but I really enjoyed this whole meeting him, meeting the crew and this heist they're planning. Uh, I thought it was good. What did you guys think? I'm trying to remember what happened. Remember? Well, yeah, it's, it's, she, he, he follows um, Skarsgård. Yeah, he yeah. goes. Skarsgård's like, you can come with me and do a mission, and then right. do whatever you want afterwards. I think he says. Right. 
And then he, yeah, and then he, and then they, they have like a, it's like a, you have to go and hang out with this girl who's doing a thing with this crew, and the girl has to pretend that she, yeah, he was, her idea, yeah, all, that was always part of the plan, and they're all like skeptical of him. And then on the other side, Skarsgård is in the, uh, he's like posing as a rare collecting yeah, as an art person and, he, and he's dealing with a senator that's trying to get Mon information Mothma. out of her for some money yeah. yeah and then and then those guy those rogue uh oh the cops yeah cops got discharged yes. by the imperial by the imperial the empire yeah. and then there's one lady in the empire that's trying to dig in a little deeper on what happened there oh that's She's, right yeah so you got to see a little bit of like the the rebellion from inside the empire uh, and those shots are really cool. The way they show where those people live, you're seeing both sides. The fact Skarsgård is amazing. Like his transformation, he like puts on a wig, changes his clothes, and becomes like this whole different fucking person. Uh, that was wild. I love that. But yeah, this crew, they've been working on this thing for like months, and all of a sudden, she's like, "There's a new guy, and he's gonna be, you're gonna you're gonna have to work with him." Well, the the whole premise, at least of this section of the series, is them trying to jump in or uh break into a place that's impossible to break into to get some information to get the pay records right oh they're gonna steal the imperial empire's payroll yeah yeah, and they have the whole plan and they show you how to do it so like that looks exciting i can't wait to see how yeah yeah that that's gonna be crazy rugs what do you think of andor so far this one well it was hard for me to remember what happened i don't know if that's a good thing because i like (laughs) i did watch it like fairly recently but i i kind of like um yeah lost some of it but uh Overall, I think the tone's still good, and I feel like it is kind of espionage in, in yeah. all the right ways, and the tone is serious. I said it already, but like, I think that you have to say it twice, because Star Wars can be crazy and, and goofy, <laughs> yeah. and I'm very ha- like happy about that. So yeah, I feel like that we're in store for some other crazy shit. Like, that last sequence that they had in the with with all the engines falling and stuff, that was really yeah. cool. And, yeah. So if that was the episode prior, yeah. yeah so if we episode. if we get like a little bit of that every couple of episodes, like they sprinkle it around, I think it's pretty good. I just don't like how it's like not episodic. Like it literally just stops when I was like at the best part. I was like, oh my god, I want to see the fucking heist, Oop. and then they don't show you the heist. What do they stop at when they're planning? They're still planning. They're sitting around the campfire, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna do this," and then it just fucking ends. I'm like, oh, god yeah. damn it! And they give him they give him this data, and he has to read it in another language by the morning or oh, something. Oh, right. Shit, he right? has to learn everything. Yeah, he's like, yeah. memorize this. Here's the map. Memorize this by the oh, morning. Yeah, yeah. And then it just fucking ends. I'm like, God damn it. There's no kind of closure, but it's three episode arcs. But yeah. I don't I'll, think it's a particularly memorable episode. Yeah. But it's completely it's in completely in line with the tone they've established. Yeah. So in that sense, it's, it's building it's fine. Yeah, to this thing. But it was cool seeing both sides and seeing Mon Mothma become Mon Mothma, the inside. Uh, what the hell's Mon Mothma? Mon Mothma is the lady She's in the movies, oh. and it's like the same oh. actress playing her, but she was in the Star Wars movie. So, oh. but we never got to see like her home life and her husband and where she lived and shit. And so you're seeing how she's trying to fight the corruption from the inside. I mean, it's you know you're fighting a fascist government that still tracks the tone of that is still there. Okay, House of the Dragon, Anthony, have you caught up? Yes. Holy shit, uh, Rugs, have you caught up? Yes. All right, let me start with Anthony. Uh, last two episodes, your thoughts so far, so much shit happens on the show. It's crazy. Yeah. This is the exact opposite of decompressing. That's yes, for sure. Yes. This show speeds through some shit. Bam, 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 bam. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, the last two episodes were great. This last one's particularly was, I mean, the, the, it's just, they know these writers when they're on their game with Game of Thrones know how to move chess pieces in a way that makes you as an audience member just going, oh my God, what the fuck is going to happen? Because they, they do it perfectly with the kids. Yeah. The, the, that argument with everyone in the family and then how it ends. Um, I, I still don't think that they needed to age up everybody mm. or, or recast mm-hmm. everyone. But I think the the new players in the in this are doing a fine job, so I don't have too much of a on a problem with it. The only critique I'd have is I wish I wish this was similar to the original Game of Thrones in that it took its time and we got to have years with these yeah, characters, yeah, seeing yeah. all these things play out. Like I definitely would have wanted to see the evolution of Alicent and Rhaenyra's relationship in that 10 year block and yeah. see what would have happened, what happened. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I mean, the show is, it's pretty fucking good. I mean, at this pace that it's going to, I can't imagine it being more than like one or two seasons. Like they are speeding. I think it's two, right? Yeah. I think it's probably going to be two. It's speeding through shit. Uh, and I just want to throw in real quick. Yeah. Eileen Team Allison. If I had to oh, pick. so really the lines <laughs> yeah. are being drawn here, and I'm not sure who I side with on what. And there's everybody has kids. It's crazy. I mean, you had a fucking, and also don't get married to Damon Targaryen because you will die in, <laughs> in some fashion. I mean, she fucking dracarist herself. That was fucking right. wild. Holy shit, rugs. What do you think about these lines being drawn? This war is being set up. Whose side are you on? Um. Okay, I'll get to that. But like, I'll, first thing I have to say because I'm thinking it is like, uh, young Rainera had the biggest teeth, and now uh, the new Rainera has the smallest teeth. <laughs> the smallest. Teeth. Uh, so I just okay. want to say that you can think okay. about that later. Uh, lines are drawn. Okay, so yeah, let's uh, let's. So the reality of what's going on is that you know Rainera, she creates all of these issues. She could have been past all this stuff, but she keeps creating these issues. Uh, and getting herself in trouble, and she's kind of like burying herself deep. But I also think Allison and her father, yeah, these especially guys, I don't like them. is um his father's like you know he really is plotting. He really yeah. is playing this game, and he tells her at the end, he's like, you know, you got to get ready to play the game, and now you are ready. Like I can see that you can do it. So she's willing to fucking she's willing to kill, and um, uh, her dad was waiting for that because. If that's the case, then this is going to be very interesting. Um, now, in the terms of this whole kid thing, okay, so um, the woman Dracarises herself, loses yeah. the giant dragon. Yeah, that was a great Lena. scene. And now yeah. Vagar is the dragon. Yeah, Vagar. Big dragon. So now Dude, the-, the scale of that was amazing. And it was really cool that, like, you gave you a sense of what it's like to climb on it's a giant huge, dragon. Yeah. Humongous. It's giant. It's like riding on the back of Godzilla or something. Yeah. It's huge. But um, was great. the kid, they established this earlier that he wants a dragon. He wasn't going to get it. And they gave, him the, they gave yeah, him the pig. Yeah. You know, so they're teasing him. They're fucking yeah. with him. They're all in cahoots. The, the bro, all of the, the princes are, are in cahoots to fuck with this guy. So he wants to, he, he grabs this dragon. He shouldn't. It's really not his he dragon to grab. the fucking he, dragon. He takes the dragon from his... Uh, from his aunt's children, his cousins, yeah, his his aunt's children, yeah, yeah his aunt's children, Dave, his cousin, Dave, yeah. who, who yeah. are yeah, his cousin who's mourning the death of her mom, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's in the wrong there, 
And then he starts beating the, the girls start arguing with him, and then she, he starts slapping, well, they slap him, but he starts beating the fuck out of everybody. And then they all kind of pile on him. Yeah, then they're kicking the shit out. Of him. And then, but he well, grabs he, a rock. And now at that point rock, in time, yeah. I'm like, oh, this dude's going to fucking kill somebody. Yes. And, uh, by, you know, the twist of fate is that no, the kid has a knife Bonera's and is able, kid has a knife. Yeah. is able to like, and it's, the, and it's not the big kid. It's the small kid. Yeah. You got to look out for that small kid. Now, if you're in that situation, right, and there's a kid that's 15 years old or whatever, and there's a kid that's like clearly like six or seven years old, and you're going to take the side of the older kid, like, why is that kid trying to kill you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have to yeah. ask, like, what has to happen? All these other kids are like, oh, this. And I don't know. I feel like it's very strange that people will just be like, oh, like, uh, you know, you got doesn't this guy's completely not. Yeah, but it was weird. But um, loses an eye game. To he drag. does lose an I eye. So like, you know, that would make any parent crazy. Right. So, yeah, he, the, the eye thing. But I, I do think generally the, the, the group was against Eamon. They were like, yeah, these kids, these are little kids. Yeah. And you were. Like what happened here? Dude. And then Allison just it escalated fucking lo- very quickly. She loses her we- shit. And tries to get the eye herself. She's like, I want his eye. Eye for an eye. I was like, get the fuck out of here. And now everyone has seen no. how crazy she is, kind of. Yeah, but I, I think what's what's great about that scene is there's all these conflicting emotions, right? Yeah. Like, like, Allison got thrown into being a queen. She never asked for it. Right. Her dad put her into yep, that. Yep. And she's basically, like, living this life where she's just... And she just she's a queen, but she has no power, and she has to carry this guy's children. And then she looks at Renera, who's been bequeathed being the queen of Westeros, and she gets to fuck whoever she wants. Yeah. Even and and everyone and her dad is just looking the other way. So you have that. Then you have the kids, where it's like Aegon could give a shit about his. I know life. he's drunk all the time, jerking off in the window. Helena, like all that she cares about is bugs, spiders. She's. Yeah. Be- Spiders and she's bequeathed to Aegon, right? so they're going to marry each other. Yeah, that's and weird. Aemond is like getting made fun of, even though he doesn't have a dragon. But he's a little shit because yeah. obviously he was going to kill a little kid. Yeah. And then you have these bastard kids who, like, everyone is not acknowledging our bastard kids, or like the only person that's important, uh, uh, Viserys right. and uh, L- Lane, um, the the Valarians. They don't acknowledge that this is these are bastard kids. Yeah. Yet they're also like the sweetest kids in the world. Yeah. And there's that scene where they like comfort. Um, oh yeah, they, he goes and talks to they her. comfort the yeah. comfort Damon's kids. Yeah. So like, there's just all these conflicting emotions, which is makes us all so freaking riveting when they're all in a room together. I believe we are going to get another recasting of the kids as they I think get so. They're going to age them up again. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, he steals steals the fucking dragon, uh, and then oh, and yeah, so Renera not only fucks her uncle, uh, she yep. marries him. She's an uncle fucker. And an uncle well, she, she she she's always loved him. Yes, <laughs> but she also sees it as the only way to really gain yep. a little bit of a foothold in Westeros. It's a it's a power move for both of them, right? Because now and then he arranges for Lanor's uh, fake to death, yeah, yeah, to run off, and they think he's dead. And that was a crazy twist, but it but happened what, very quickly. Like that happens, and they're instantly getting married. Yeah, no, that that's the show runs through ships. Yeah, right? like they they could have let that mystery. They're, play out a little longer yeah. they're trying to get all the players on the board now they're trying to get yeah. all their kids grown up on the board all you know they're trying to get everything on the board and they're just rushing to it a little bit but um i would rather have um 
a, a rush, but to get to something good than a rush mm-hmm. for no reason. Yeah. Like I know yeah. that there's going to be, okay, we're going to, next time we tune in and time has passed, like these kids are going to be older. They're going to be interesting characters in and of themselves. We're definitely going to be losing some characters yeah. along the way. So how long is Viserys going to fucking live? He's just barely fucking alive. I thought he was a goner. I know like, the, yeah. that last episode before they did the time jump. I was like, this dude's fucking dead. Like he's missing an arm now or something. Well, yeah. One, one thing that you, we have to factor into if you're looking at this show and where the chess pieces are is Corliss Valerian and his wife, yeah. who is oh, Rainus yeah. Targaryen. Yes. I think yes. her name's Rainus. Yes, they they want some power. Well, no, listen, they were they were going to bequeath uh, Driftmark to Rainera's kids because those kids, Rainera and Lenor's kids, are Valerian, and you know she Raina's like, but they're not really her blood, and she, he goes, but the name is what lasts, right? Yeah. So they were on Rainera's side, basically. Yeah, but because they fake the death of her, their own last child. They even acknowledge this is going to basically make the Valerians enemies of us oh, because fuck. they're going to suspect yeah. that Damon and Rhaenyra had basically anyone that's been around them has all their children have died being around them. Fuck. So they're going to be let, so now by taking this power and solidifying the targaryen name they've pushed the valerians i think to the other side to, to house to team team green team green with viserys and allison i'm rooting for uh, no, no viserys is not on her team oh viserys is on team oh, he's on t- yeah he does he keeps defending his daughter right right i don't know why i'm rooting for now renera and damon i don't know why i love damon targaryen it's creepy it's incestual but i, th- I think that's the good part of the show is you can ha- make an argument for, for both, each side yeah Fuck, it's good, dude. Did anybody else think this? It was very dark, though. The episode overall. Yes, yes, yes. I, not, I had to watch yes. it with the lights off. Not in tone of writing, but I'm talking actual saturation of black. Yeah, no, there, that, there, there was an issue there. Yeah, I don't know why they do. They did that with um, Battle of Winterfell. That episode in season eight. Both of these episodes directed by Miguel Sapochnik. He likes oh, doing this. It's his thing. It sucks. It's his, he says it's for a reason, but it was way too fucking dark. It was way too fucking. I had to. I had to turn all the lights off. You have to watch place. it in watch a dark room and increase your brightness. But yeah, no. It's like you can fucking bump up the contrast a little bit. Come on, what are you doing? It was like this day for night shot the whole time where you could barely see anything. That was kind of annoying. But so far, this show moves ahead at a fucking crazy pace. That, I'll say this: that last episode we just watched, I thought was one of the best episodes. Oh, in shit. All of Game of Thrones oh, history. Oh shit! I don't think it's the best. Yeah, by, by any definitely- stretch, but I think. It's up there. It definitely was like yeah. I definitely felt like I was back at the Game of Thrones, like the yeah. old old way yeah. when I was sitting on my couch watching those things back in the day and going, "Oh my god, holy shit!" It wasn't quite Red Wedding, but it was almost that level. As soon as I saw it, it said directed by Miguel Sapochnik, I was like, "Oh, this shit is gonna be good." I know it already. The amount of tension between when the kids are fighting the, each other and then that scene in the hall with everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's just like white knuckle. Yeah. And what's great about it is before that they do the the funeral and they play it really like slowly where every every person's there yeah and they're just like looking at each yeah. other but they're not really doing anything so yeah. like you know shit's about to go down it's a very and awkward then, yeah, it's just funeral right I mean I yeah. thought when when Eamon pulls the the fucking rock I thought he was gonna bash the kids I was like one of these kids like, oh is God. dying yes I thought one of these kids is absolutely dying this is gonna start a war this is a problem and what's what. I remember is the Targaryens are always like there was something where it's good. They go, 
the Targaryens are basically a flip of the coin. They're either good or bad. Yeah. And you can tell this Aemon kid is a fucking, he's not a, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, well, especially after he tames Vagar, right? He thinks he's hot yeah. shit, right? And then completely comes back with well, a different. Well, he has balls. He has to admit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he definitely has balls. And he, and I love his line though, where he goes, like basically losing the eye was, was worth yes. getting Vagar. And then, and then fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Allison's dad. Uh, Viserys. Oh, Otto. Oh, Otto Hightower. Otto, yeah. Otto's like, yeah, that, that was worth it. Because yeah. now they have the biggest dragon yeah. in case they need to fight with dragons. They have all the, they flew away with like three dragons. They got all the. Yeah, fucking, but they have the biggest one. Biggest that one, one yeah. That one could take out the other dragons. Yeah. And you, you could just tell the size of it compared to the other one. It's like the size of three of those fucking. Yeah, that's little, a great design, too. It's it was different. Sh- yeah. The scale and the part where he like creeps up and the dragons look at him and kind of, he's about to fucking Dracarys him and then he just. Stands there and holds his ground, and he takes. Oh, the fucking scale of that thing was. I think it's one of the coolest dragons because it fantastic. doesn't have scales. Yeah, it's kind of got that smooth skin. Like it's yeah. weird, and it's got this like really. Uh, it, it's almost got like a uh, uh, Godzilla two thousand face. <laughs> yeah, very kaiju. I mean, yeah. like a nineteen ninety eight. Sorry, ninety eight. Yeah. yeah. All right, House of the Dragon killing it. Let's move on, Reed, just real quick to the other prequel fantasy show, Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings on Amazon. Now, last week we had discussed how nothing was really happening on the show, five, six episodes in, five episodes. Well, let me tell you, episode six, holy fucking shit. Oh, shit. Wow. That's all I can say is wow. It was a battle. It was action. Shit is exploding. People, lots of people I'm still are upset. dying. I'm still upset it took this long to get to here. It was so good. I was like, oh, now they're finally fucking getting into some shit. So, Rugs, this is, uh, again, spoilers. Like, Mount Doom erupts because fucking the dude gets the hilt and floods it. On one, on one hand, it's kind of, like, annoying that they're fucking with all this, like, Tolkien stuff, and I don't know if it makes sense, but and they do kind of have this sword hilt that is kind of like a substitute for the ring, like this kind of thing that you know that has a kind of connection to Sauron. So it's kind of weird, but at the same time, like all right, it's progressing the story, and now I can see okay, Mount Doom is there, so they can start making the rings of power now. Is this and, how Mordor gets created? Like this Southlands becomes Mordor? I don't know. I mm. don't know. I, I I haven't read the Cimmerillion. I just mm. know things about it. But um, uh, no. I mean, the fact that Mount Doom didn't exist until now—it's crazy. So, listen. All I'm saying is, fucking, some shit went down on Lord of the Rings finally, and it was. Can, you can talk about it with spoilers. It was pretty. No, I mean that is that's it. It was just like the big battle. The cavalry rides in. So what happens fucking, is this whole five episodes. It's this one you know, Galadriel trying to convince the Numenorians to go to Middle Earth to stop this uprising of orcs, and uh, finally they get there and they fucking fuck shit up. And there's a whole battle. There's actually um, two battles. There's one at a tower, yeah. and then there's one at a town. It's bloody, and you, they do try and get to some answers or, or that leave more questions open. But well, who's Sauron then? None of these fuckers. I uh, we don't know yet. I think there's we don't. You can't count on anybody telling the truth. He said he killed Sauron. You can't, yeah, I don't buy. I don't buy. I don't think that dude's killed. I think he is Sauron. I think he's just lying. A- Adar. Yeah, I think he's just lying. 
It was fucking badass, though. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Okay. Like, how did nobody know that the sword wasn't in that fucking thing? Like, how did that old guy get it? Like, what what was they, that all they, about? They they swapped it out and gave him something else? Is that what happened? I think that's what happened. And it was, well, the elf the elf took it, and he was going to hide it somewhere. Dude, Arondir is badass, too. And then, he's fucking... He's fantastic. And then he must have found it and sweep me in a switcheroo. Is that what happened? Fucking Galadriel know. rides in with the Numenorians. She just, can't be dead. Great. She got exploded, right? Uh, no, she's. I don't know. I don't, a lot of people got squished when the fucking thing went off. That was well, great. Mount Doom erupts and there's like a yeah. whole like gigantic explosion and she's raining right there. down fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. It was so good. It's good. So, it was, I'll tell you this, Anthony. Mm-hmm. It was the most cinematic episode. It felt like you were watching a movie. It oh, was wow. fucking yeah. epic. So yeah, they finally brought brought it. Okay, finally, is it finally? Is is it? I, I can't. You can't say it's Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon level, but is it building some momentum finally? I think that if it kicks up a gear, and I mean, like they wasted, like I can't believe they wasted so many episodes. But I think there's only two they, left of this fucking. Yeah, show. so there's not really much left, and they just kind of re- got to resolve this end of the story. Mm-hmm. Um. Is it worth it to watch all those episodes to get to this battle? I am not sure, mm-hmm. but it is pretty cool. You could just watch just one episode. Yeah, the like, battle oh. that battle episode is a, it that is like Game of Thrones epic level, but on a bigger scale almost. Uh, Let me quote my friend Ed. Yeah, he was drunk over the weekend and he was on yeah. rant. Yeah, and he said uh, he was first going. He was watching Endgame and he goes, "Man, Phase Four is complete garbage compared to this." <laughs> and then he goes. Similar to how I feel when I watch the original Lord of the Rings, power Rings of Power is trash compared to this. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings, the movies is just better. Like it's yeah. just better because you feel like. I think Lord of the Rings is this great thing of like making you feel afraid of what's going to happen if this shit continues. Like every there's a sense of dread, and there's a and then when you have that much sense of dread, and you have heroism that rises above it you feel like that they're more brave yeah and that's yeah. what lord of the rings does so well like the heroism in the face of like complete like free frodo's like there's no way this motherfucker is gonna live through this and he does yeah and it's great so that's what this doesn't have that it doesn't have the yeah, stakes. It's a little bit of this but you don't get that feeling no because you know galadriel is like right is like you, she's yeah. not that she's like superwoman she's never gonna die so. And just consider the fact that he made that first movie on like eighty to ninety million dollars. It's fucking wild, right? It still yeah. looks amazing, and there's like a billion dollars in this show. All, but, but yeah, the practical effects he used. So yeah, there's that sentiment that it's not quite. Well, you know, she good. doesn't die because she's in the other movies yes, too. You know, she's gonna survive. So it being a prequel, there's some of that. But I think House of the Dragon does better. Where you're not sure who's gonna live or die, but you kind of know, but you don't know. I think House of Dragon is a is just a different animal. It's yeah. it, it's tapping into like drama. It's tapping into like you know moving chess pieces around and, and anticipation and and who's gonna die, blah blah blah. And it it, it hits you in the gut. And uh, this show should do what Tolkien does and give you that heroic, triumphing over e- evil uh, kind of adventure. But it it, it it's kind of like. It's meandering along. So it may not be very Tolkien, you know, as much as people want it to be. I think that, like, it's fun to watch. I mean, I'm not going to stop watching. I think it's, it's, it's worth it's worth you know checking out, you know, everyone. But I feel like yeah. disappointed. 
in it mm. more than anything. All right. Yeah. We'll see how it ends up. Anthony, do you watch anything fun you want to mention? I do want to mention one thing. I'm trying to get back on the 90s kick because yeah. watching all these shows, it's just pushed me off track a little bit. So I did watch one 90s movie actually last night, Sunday night. Okay. And it was Rapid Fire with Brandon oh, Lee. Oh, the Brandon Lee Rapid Fire, yes. Directed by Dwight H. Little, who did uh, Marked for Death with Steven okay. Stagall and okay. some other shit, I think. Yeah, some other yeah Powers movies. Booth is in this movie. What'd you think of this? I got to watch this again, but I remember really enjoying it the first time I watched it. Uh, I had a great time with yeah. uh, Marked for Death. Um, I mean, it's it's Rapid Fire. Excuse me, yeah, Rapid Fire. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. not Marked for Death. Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee. Yeah, I had a great time. I think it's pretty. It's an eighties, nineties action movie in the sense that it, there's a plot that really doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, and the acting is you have like Brandon Lee who's pretty green, so his acting yep, is a little yep, a little all yep. over the place at times. Yep, we yep. have a, a great cast around him. I, I think what stands out the most though is just. You've got Brandon Lee. Just he just moves way better mm-hmm. than a lot mm-hmm. of the action stars of the time. Mm-hmm. And they do the, the the fight scenes. They don't do as many quick cuts, so you can actually mm-hmm. see that he's athletic. Yeah, and you can tell that Brandon Lee was doing a little bit of Bruce, doing a little bit of his own, but then also yeah. throwing in a lot of Jackie Chan type stuff. Oh like, yeah, he, there's a lot of police story influence in this movie, yeah. and yeah. he uses a lot of props. As weapons, yes. yes, that's fun. So it makes the fun, the scenes really fun, and and the action's great in that sense. There is a, a random sex scene with him and uh, Kate Hodge, played to a like this over melodramatic ballad, which is awesome. Uh, uh, you yeah, see, <laughs> you get to see her tits, and that it's she's great, she's hot. Uh. And, and Al, Al Young is in it. So. You fucker! I was just gonna say that Al Young <laughs> that's, is in it. That, that's that's the best part. Al, Al Young is in it, yeah. and he's not killed off unceremoniously. He gets a he he him and Brandon Lee have probably the best fight scene in the movie. Oh, yeah. he gets some screen time. Yeah, yeah, they get that dude. Genghis Khan is is there to fuck not not to fuck around. He's <laughs> to kiss some ass. You no, know it's legit. Yeah. And Al Young is in your fucking movie. Yeah, Al Young is in it. Movie. Yeah, and it's 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 a. Uh, it's a, it's I mean by no stretch are we looking at Schindler's List here, but I, right. you could definitely see. But in the grand scheme of action, eighties action movies, I think that what it does is it it makes you feel bad that Brandon Lee did it yeah. only had did a yeah. couple of movies. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he he had the juice. He could have been. He would have been a huge. Yeah, star. he would have been. I, a huge I watched star. it. This one's by the way. This is ninety two. So it's it's nineties, but and it, it's in our tournament. So there, yeah, there's that it's in the tournament. But yeah, he definitely. You could see the the. The what what he had and what it was like where he could have gone in the in in these uh, he would have been the guy I think for a while a lot of potential a lot after potential. the crow he would have been a huge star I think he would have a, lo- a lot, a lot of letterbox when I was reading letterbox reviews after this they all were like you know similar remarks about Brandon Lee and what he could have been but they were like imagine that guy as as Neo in the Matrix like oh my he, god yeah he would have been what Keanu is now yeah it's a better yeah. he would be John Wick right now yeah. He could have actually done like more martial he could, arts. He could have done the physicality. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Rapid fire. Rapid fire is good. I really. Yeah. I was. I'd never seen it. I'm gonna have to rewatch I mean, this again. You got to watch it with of its time type thing and like with that mindset. But if you go in 80s, 90s gem. action movie, it's yeah. it's yeah. It's, I was very impressed watching it, and I have to again say I I really enjoyed uh, 
your sex scene. I like I like Kay Hodge. She's, <laughs> she's a very very pretty girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, I there's a couple. I watched a couple of great things on Netflix recently. I just want to mention real quick. There's the Dahmer show. You guys oh, yeah. are aware of this? So it's getting some all, of the most watched, or it's getting some of the highest views in it's Netflix huge. history. Everybody's yeah. watching That's it. Disturbing. I watched the first three episodes. First of all, it has a ridiculous title. The actual title for this show is Dahmer hyphen monster colon the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I don't know why that's the title. It's redundant. But three episodes. The first episode is fantastic. The tension in this show. It's not gory, but it is disturbing as fuck. And by the third episode, I'm questioning myself. I'm like, I'm starting to feel bad for Dahmer is this I don't know if this is right should I feel bad like because the way they show his childhood I was like oh my god I kind of feel bad for this guy but I'm like wait a minute it's fucking Jeffrey Dahmer Evan Peters doing a bang-up job as uh Dahmer it is creepy amazing tension it's really well done it's Ryan Murphy who's doing it so I'm three episodes into that but I it's like I gotta take it one at a time I didn't even want to start watching it because I wasn't ready in a mindset for something like this. Rugs, have you watched any of it? What, Dahmer? I would never yeah. watch that. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> well, because I it have no ha- interest in watching the, a show about a man who eats people. The like, thing is, well, it, it happened very really near it. here yeah. in the Midwest. I remember when this was happening. I've met dudes when I worked at the balloon company many oh, years this ago. Is weird. This is weird. That have that told me stories where they escaped from Dahmer, where oh, they is, went with him. And they, so you want to watch that? That to me, I don't. There's know. nothing about this that I'd want to. <laughs> I'm with Rugs. This has actually happened, and it's about. It's like one of the word, like yeah, fucking most disturbing things you could watch. Yeah, it's it's fucking captivating. Oh my it's god, well made. You're, like, you're no, a sick I mean, like, fuck. listen, I I don't care if you want to watch. I just yeah. I just don't. I do. I it's, think he's sick. It's well made. I, I'm like, well, I like, do you think it's weird that like. You got the same people saying, oh, you can't have people like the Joker in a movie. It's bad for incels yeah. and incels, and you know, whatever. And, just and then people like will just rush to watch a guy who just eats people like and like, kills them. You Evan know? Peters will probably get like an Emmy nomination for this fucking you know, role. But it's it's it is just, weird. It is weird. I, I also got to throw in, right. too, like this is one of the like deplor- most deplorable human yes. beings on Earth. Yes. And yes. we're like glorifying this thing. Yeah. Well, apparently the rest of the show is focuses more on the victims and no, I, what I get they went that, but, through. But, but to make a show, to make anything, like these these guys, these are the type yeah. of people that should just like never live on. Like they but, should be, die sure, when they die, and it sure. goes away. But we, we but we have an obsession with telling stories about these kind of and people. it's kind of making me you sympathize with fucking oh, Jeffrey Dahmer, which is wild. I'm like, I don't. This is crazy. I don't know how to feel about this. It's really good. Okay, <laughs> it's really good, <laughs> but it's really good. The other cool thing, uh, Rugs, you'll enjoy this. Jose Ibarra turned me on to this at our last Discord. Uh, anime on Netflix, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, set at Night City. It's a prequel where the game takes place. Um, they're twenty four minute, ten episode season. I've watched six episodes. It's it's very violent, uh, but it's a good story, uh, and it's a lot of fun. It, it's from the people who made Kill a Kill rugs. Yeah, don't ruin it. Yeah, Kill a Kill was like crotch shot city. Was there? We got a lot of crotch shots. This one. Uh, there's a lot of just violent fucking things. The only thing that bugs me about this whole thing is it does the thing, and I guess this is maybe it's this studio or it's a thing in anime where there's a lot of dialogue. They don't want to animate the mouth, so there's times where you're just looking at the back of people's heads, yeah. drawings, and they're talking. There's one scene where two characters are having a conversation, and it's a shot of the fucking ceiling fan. For like a minute while they're talking 
it's 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 yeah. weird. I'm trying not to let it bug me. They do it all the time. It bugs you, the shit out of me. I just fast forward. You never <laughs> see their mouths move, but you miss all the important dialogue. You never see their yeah, mouths move. I don't move. care. I'm just, I'm just, it, I'll figure it out. And then the last thing, I finally watched the three-hour Bollywood action epic R R R. Oh shit! And let me tell you, we we need to review this movie. No. Everyone should watch this movie. It's amazing. It's fucking. I watched it in two sittings. I broke it up. Hour and a half is a good a stopping point right in the middle. And then the next day, I watched the rest of it. And you know what? We just talked about Hard Target, John Woo. That shit is all over this movie. There is so much John Woo influence. You have the slow motion. You have the contrived action. You have the tracking shots of weapons and bullets being fired. It's all there. This guy must have really loved John Woo. But the story. The characters, the movie is fucking great. By the end of it, I was like, fucking kill all those English people. Kill all the British. Fuck them. Because they're kind of the bad guys. It's great. It's very good. I do want to watch it, to be honest with you. I just, I'm never going to have time to watch a three-hour movie. These movies we are talking about, these 80s and 90s action movies, that all of that DNA is in this fucking movie. We have to give it its due. I want more people to watch this. I would like to find time. We should, because I can't, we, there's so many things to talk about. So much ridiculous shit. It's really good. This is right up my alley. I love we, foreign films that are action movies. I love it. If we good. ever do it, we could do it for a Patreon. Okay. But like, it has everything we love in all these movies. We, are, we Let's be honest. We watch. How much? How many? How many views we get in doing an Indian Telugu language movie? I, listen, I think a lot of people watch this because it's on Netflix and it's kind of had spread by word of mouth. Like a lot yeah. more people than I thought at, at work have seen this movie. I'm like, oh my god, you watch this? It's fucking epic. <laughs> it's just fucking. It's great. It's good. It's good. Maybe right. I'm, I'm open right. to it. I'm more open it's, to it after your enthusiasm. But then again, you also said. Uh, what that power show on NBC was good too. So no, I never said that. What the the, the no the the DC sitcom? I never yeah. laughed once. It was crap, and I watched all of it. <laughs> Don't watch that. This though, I I thought a job like I watched Hard Target and I watched this movie. I was watching them like together. I'm like, this is the same. This is it. He put everything in here. There's it's so much John Woo fucking style crazy. Shit. It's so good. And I'm I was rooting for these fucking characters by the end of the movie. I was like yelling at the screen. Uh, you got to check it out. Just if you have time. Somebody now, what happens if I watch it and I hate it, Imran? Is that going to ruin it for you? No, then we will. It'll be make for a fun discussion. <laughs> Why you hate it? But it's actually it's three hours long. I know, but it's kind of broken up into chapters, and you can you can stop it wherever you now, want. Now, is it subtitled or just uh, dubbed? It's dubbed. Okay. No, it's subtitled. Sorry, it's in Hindi with subtitles. All yeah. right, Telugu. Yeah. yeah. That's well, not I, Hindi. No, it's no, it's it's actually in Hindi. There's a Hindi audio. There's also Telugu audio. Oh. But what I watched was in Hindi because I understood a lot of. It's very similar to Urdu. I understood a lot of what they were saying. Hmm. Uh, and there's some English in there, but it's uh, it's. So I gotta read for three hours. Okay. There's a lot of reading, but fuck, dude, the story, the journey, the oh, like it has everything, like the buddy, the friendship, the betrayal. It's so good. It's so good. And then yeah, and then you want them to do a thing, and they do it at the end. Like it's it's just ridiculous physics that would never work. It's fantastic. Okay. Anything else, Rugs? You watch anything fun? No. Okay. Well, then we're. I done. barely had time to watch what we had to watch for this. So everyone, watch Werewolf by Night. It's out October seventh, Friday on Disney Plus. We will be reviewing it next week, and we're done. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? Uh, really, Rugboy on Twitter. Come yes. follow me. Uh, retweet me. I'll retweet you. 
uh, do all of that fun stuff. Links are in our show notes for this episode and every episode that you can find how you can support the show and most importantly, share the show. Get it out there. Post it. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. I fucking loved it. That's a big fuck up right there. Oh, remember this one? Oh my god! Yes! <laughs> leprechaun. Yeah. Is that from Leprechaun? Yes, that's the Leprechaun. Two, no, trolls. 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 From yeah, Trolls yeah. 2.